الحمد لله رب العالمين له الحمد الحسن والثناء الجميل وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه والتابعين لهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين أما بعد وإن شرح of the kitab مقدمته في أصول التفسير by شيخ الإسلام ابن تيمية رحمه الله the author رحمه الله in last part of the book, uh, the last part that we took yesterday, he mentioned that the differences that occur from the Salaf in Tafsir is two types. The first one is Ikhtilafu Tanawwu. And Ikhtilafu Tanawwu, we said, is a difference that we are able to bring both parties together. And the second is Ikhtilafu Tabad. And what we said is that Ikhtilafu Tabad. It means that we're not able to bring both parties together. They're saying two um, opposite things which we can't reconcile between the two. And then what we said was that the ikhtilaf al-tanawwu' is two types. The ikhtilaf of wording or the ikhtilaf which we're able to bring both parties together is two types. The first type, we mentioned it uh, yesterday. Now today, we're going to mention the second type of ikhtilaf al-tanawwu' Again, I repeat ikhtilaf al-tanawwu' is when you're able to bring both parties together The second way in which the ikhtilaf al-tanawwu' occurs is ala sabil al-tamthil It's by way of example It's by way of what? Example The ayah is here and everyone gives an example of that ayah. The example becomes different. So there's an ikhtilaf here. But the example does not negate or does not oppose one another. And the Shaykh, rahimahullah, he brought the example of the ayah, ثُمَّ الْكِتَابَ الَّذِينَ مِنْ عِبَادِنَا فَمِنْهُمْ ظَالِمٌ لِنَفْسِهِ وَمِنْهُمْ وَمِنْهُمْ بِالْخَيْرَاتِ the ayah mentioned that the people are how many types? This is the believers, by the way. The believers are three types. The first one is The ayah mentions that the people are what? It is the one who forsake the obligation and is doing the muharramat, that which Allah prohibited. Muqtasid is the one who does the wajibat and he leaves off the oblig obligatory things. Sorry, he does the obligatory things and he stays away from the haram. That's the muqtasid, he's the balanced one. The sabiq is the one who does the obligatory things. He stays away from the prohibited things and he's also doing the voluntary things. He's high. And that's what it means. But what the scholars of tafsir say is, some of the salaf will say, فَمِنْهُمْ ظَالِمُ لِنَفْسِي means, the ظَالِمُ لِنَفْسِي is the one who delays the prayer. He prays, but he prays when he's just about to leave. The muqtasid is the one who prays in the middle. And the sabiq is the one who prays when the salah enters straight away. He doesn't delay it even a minute. Now this is an example for the ayah. But it can be used for zakat, it can be used for hajj, it can be used for any other act of obedience. So they gave an example here. Their examples become different. This is ikhtilaf al 
but it doesn't oppose one another. Does that make sense? That's what the Shaykh is trying to tell you here. Rahimahullah. Another way that this type of ikhtilaf occurs is sababu nuzul. Like for example, when they say this eye came down and so and so. It doesn't mean that it's restricted to this person and no one else falls under it. Because the qa'idah is that even though the wording or the verse came down on a particular individual, we don't take that on board. We take the generality of the verse and how general the verse is. So you might find them say that this eye came down and so and so, and another group of scholars they say it came down and so and so, and another group of scholars they say it came down and so and so. There's a difference here. But we can reconcile between these views. How can we reconcile between it? The ayah came down at a time when all of these things were outstanding. They came down on all of them at the same time. So this ikhtilaf is called ikhtilaf al-tanawu' and it enters this type. Are we all together, brothers? This is the part that the author, rahimahullah, is trying to explain. Naam. So we have the two types of ikhtilaf al-tanawu', right? The first ikhtilaf al-tanawu' is what? The different wordings. And the wordings, we said the different wordings is what? Dalalatul Mutabaka, Dalalatul Tadamuni, Dalalatul Iltizam. We mentioned that. And this one, what we said is, Ala Sabili Tamthil. They're just trying to give it as example. And the examples become different when they're not differing in, the ter- in terms of the essence of what they are saying. Naam. Ah. Mm, mm, mm. That's the yeah. For example, they, somebody picks up a bread and says, "This is a bread." Is this all of the bread? It's part of the bread. If another person picks up another part of the bread and says, "This is the bread," they've differed amongst themselves and they are holding two different things, but there's no differences because it goes back to one thing, and that's the first type. ومع هذا فلا بد من اختلاف محقق بينهم كما يوجد مثل مثل ذلك في الأحكام ونحن نعلم أن عامة عامة ما يضطر إليه عموم الناس من الاختلاف معلوم بل متواتر عند عند العامة والخاصة كما في عدد الصلاة ومقادير ركوعها ومواقيتها وفرائض الزكاة ونصبها وتعيين شهر رمضان والطواف والموقوف والرم والرمي ورمي الجمار والمواقيت وغير ذلك ثم إن اختلاف الصحابة في الجد والإخوة وفي المشركة ونحو ذلك لا يوجب ريبا في جمهور مسائل الفرائض بل مما يحتاج إليه عامة الناس وهو عمود النسب من الآباء والأبناء والكلالة من الإخوة والأخوات ومن نسائهم كالأزواج فإن الله أنزل في الفرائض ثلاث آيات منفصلة ذكر في الأول الأصول والفروع وذكر في الثانية الحاشية التي ترث بالفرض كالزوجين وولد الأم وفي الثالث الحاشية والحاشية الوارثة بالتعصيب وهم الإخوة لأبوين أو الأب أو لأب واجتماع الجد والإخوة نادر ولهذا لم يقع في الإسلام إلا بعد موت النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم 
والاختفاء والاختلاف قد يكون لخفاء الدليل والذهول عنه وقد يكون لعدم سماعه وقد يكون للغلط في فهم النص وقد يكون لاعتقاد معارض راجح فالمقصود هنا التعريف بمجمل الأمر دون تفاصيله The author رحمه الله He now he told us about the different types of ikhtilaf. I want you to all focus with me here. We've studied that the Salaf differed in tafsir. The Salaf, they what? They differed in tafsir. They have difference of opinion in tafsir. And they differed amongst themselves. Their ikhtilaf in tafsir is two types. Ikhtilafu tabad and ikhtilafu tanawu'h. Ikhtilafu tanawu'h is when we can't so ikhtilafu tanawu' is when we're able to bring both parties together. And that occurs in two ways and we spoke about it. Ikhtilafu tabad is when both parties are opposing one another and we are unable to bring them together. The shaykh is trying to tell you here that the overwhelming majority of tafsir of the salaf is ikhtilafu tanawu' la ikhtilafu tabad. The overwhelming majority of tafsir from the Salaf is the type known as ikhtilafu tanawu' meaning we're able to reconcile between their opinions and there are situations very little like in where there is ikhtilafu tabad then he went on to another issue which is their differences so which one's more ikhtilafu tanawu' or ikhtilafu tabad in tafsir does everyone know what ikhtilafu tanawu' and ikhtilafu tabad means we can bring them together. Tomato, tomato, however you say it. Okay, we're able to bring both parties together. They're saying the same thing, different way. Ikhtilafu tabad, white and black. Short and tall. Fat and skinny. Can't go together. They're saying two polar opposites. That's called ikhtilafu tabad. Tabad means you can't bring them together. Polar opposites. Good. In tafsir, which one is more? Tanawu' is more. Tabadu is what? Less. Then the Shaykh said, in fiqh, in fiqh, there is more ikhtilafu tabad than there is in tafsir. The Salaf, they had more ikhtilafu tabad, which is polar opposites, that you can't reconcile between their opinions, more in fiqh, then in tafsir. Fiqh is very large. There are differences. One says it's halal and the other one says it's what? Haram. You can't bring those two together. Fiqh is very high. Fiqh is hard to reconcile between their opinions. There's more differences in there. Good. Then the author mentioned why there comes in the scholars ikhtilaf aslan. Why do they even differ in the first place? Why, there, why is there ikhtilaf in the first place? He tells the following reasons. Write this down. The first reason is The evidence is hidden from them. The evidence is what? It's hidden. The, ev- the first reason why they will differ amongst themselves is The evidence is hidden from them. Ah. How do we mean it's hidden from them? Meaning it slipped their mind hidden from their mind at that current moment they forgot about what they knew slipped their mind 
The second reason is The second reason could be that he never heard this evidence whatsoever before. No one's ever told him this delil. And we all know a lot of imams, they came back from opinions that they were told after the evidence was read on top on them. And Imam Shafi'i, we all know that he had Madhabul Qadim and Madhabul Jadid. Shafi'i. Why did he have Madhabul Jadid? Because he heard new evidences. New proofs came to him that he didn't have before. And now he, Rahimahullah, he applied those evidences in some of his rulings. Or sometimes, which is the third, he may misunderstand the evidence. The way that he extracts and derives the ruling from the evidence is incorrect. That's three, right? Number four is And the fourth reason could be he believes in another evidence that he believes is more stronger than this one. He might think this one is a weak narration. Ah, this is not authentic. This, weak, this narration is weak and he believes that there, there's another evidence that is uh, authentic. So the first one was The evidence is slips his mind. Okay, it slips his mind. The second one is he never heard of it. He's never heard of it. Number three is the third one is he misunderstands the text. And the fourth one is he believes that another evidence is more stronger than this particular evidence. For those four reasons, Ibn Taymiyyah is saying, Rahimahullahu ta'ala, that that's why manshaul khilaf. I'm a manshaul ikhtilaf. The reasons why differences occur. By the way, these four are not all of the reasons. He only mentioned it here quickly. He actually has a book that he written on it in more details of why they would differ amongst themselves. He called it Raf'ul Malam an Alam. Removing the blame from the worthy scholars. Removing the blame from the worthy scholars. That book one should try to buy. It's translated in English, by the way. Okay, it's in English. And the English is as I said. It's removing the blame from the worthy scholars. And in Arabic it's called Raf'ul Malam an Alam. Ibn Taymi gave ten reasons. Six extra reasons that he didn't mention here. And if Allah allows us, we may go through it another time. Naam. Inshallah. Faslun fi nawa'il ikhtilafi fi tafsir al-mustanidim ila al-naqli wa ila tariq al-istidlal. الاختلاف في التفسير على نوعين منهما مستنده, مستنده النقل فقط ومنهما يعلم بغير ذلك إذا العلم إما نقل مصدق وإما استدلال محقق والمنقول إما عن, عن المعصوم وإما عن غير المعصوم والمقصود بأن جنس, جنس المنقول سواء كان عن المعصوم أو غير المعصوم وهذا هو النوع الأول فمنهما يمكن معرفة الصحيح منه الضعيف منه الضعيف ومنهما لا يمكن معرفة ذلك فيه وهذا القسم الثاني من المنقول هو وهو وهو ما لا طريق ما لا طريق لنا إلى الجزم بالصدق من عامته مما لا فائدة فيه والكلام فيه من فضول الكلام وإما ما يحتاج المسلمون إلى معرفته فإن الله تعالى نصب على الحق في دليله 
فيه دليلا فمثال ما لا يفيد ولا دليل على الصحيح منه اختلافهم في لون كلب أصحاب الكهف وفي البعض الذي ضرب به قتيل موسى من البقرة وفي مقدار سفينة نوح وما كان خشبها وفي اسم الغلام الذي قتله, قتله الخضر ونحو ذلك فهذه الأمور طريق العلم بها النقل فما كان من هذا, هذا منقولا نقلا صحيحا عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم كاسم صاحب موسى أنه الخضر فهذا معلوم وما لم وما لم وما لم يكن كذلك بل كان مما يأخذ عنه أهل الكتاب كالمنقول كالمنقول عن كعب ووهب ووهب ومحمد بن إسحاق وغيرهم ممن يأخذ ممن يأخذ عن أهل الكتاب فهذا لا يجوز تصديقه ولا تكذيبه, ولا تكذيبه إلا بحجة كما ثبت في الصحيح عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أنه قال إذا حدثكم أهل الكتاب فلا تصدقوهم ولا تكذبوهم فإما أن يحدثوكم بحق فتكذبوه وإما أن يحدثوكم بباطل فتصدقوه وكذلك ما نقل عن بعض التابعين وإن لم, وإن لم, يذكر, وإن لم يذكر أنه أخذه عن أهل الكتاب فما اختلف التابعون لم يكن بعض أقوالهم حجة على بعض وما نقل في ذلك عن بعض الصحابة نقلا صحيحا, صحيحا فالنفس إليه أسكن مما نقل عن بعض التابعين لأن احتمال أن يكون سمعه من النبي صلى الله عليه, صلى الله عليه وسلم أو من بعض سمعه منه أقوى ولأن نقل الصحابة عن أهل الكتاب أقل من نقل التابعين ومع جزم صاحب بما يقوله كيف يقال إنه أخذه عن, هذه عن أهل الكتاب وقدنه عن تصديقهم والمقصود أن مثل هذا الاختلاف الذي لا يعلم صحيحه ولا تفيد حكاية الأقوال فيه هو كالمعرفة لما يروى من الحديث الذي لا دليل على صحته وأمثال ذلك وأما القسم الأول الذي يمكن معرفة, معرفة الصحيح منه فهذا موجود, موجود فيما يحتاج إليه ولله الحمد فكثيرا ما يوجد في التفسير والحديث والمغازي أمور منقولة عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وغيره من الأنبياء صلوات الله عليهم وسلامه والنقل الصحيح يدفع ذلك بل هذا موجود فيما مستنده, مستنده, مستنده النقل وفيما قد يعرف بأمور أخرى غير النقل فالمقصود أن المنقولات التي يحتاج إليه في الدين قد نصب الله الأدلة على بيان ما فيها من صحيح وغيره ومعلوم أن المنقول في التفسير أكثر أكثره كالمنقول في المغازي والملاحم ولهذا قد قال الإمام أحمد ثلاثة أمور ليس لها إسناد التفسير والملاحم والمغازي ويروى ليس لها أصل أي, أي إسناد 
لأن الغالب عليها عليها المراسيل مثل مثل ما يذكره عروة بن عروة بن الزبير والشعبي والزهري وموسى بن عقبة وابن إسحاق ومن بعدهم كيحيى بن كيحيى بن سعيد سعيد الأموي والوليد بن مسلم والواقدي ونحوهم في المغازي فإن أعلم الناس بالمغازي أهل المدينة ثم أهل الشام ثم أهل العراق فأهل المدينة أعلم بها ولأنها كانت عندهم وأهل الشام كانوا أهل الغز أهل غز أهل غزو وجهاد فكان لهم من العلم بالجهاد والسير ما ليس لغيرهم ولهذا عظم الناس كتاب أبي إسحاق الفزاري فزاري الذي صنف صنفه في ذلك وجعلوا الأوزاعي أعلم بهذا الباب من غيره من من علماء الامصار واما التفسير فان اعلم الناس به اعلم به اهل اهل مكه فانهم اصحاب ابن عباس كمجاهد وعطاء ابن ابي رباح وعكرمه مولى ابن عباس وغيرهم من اصحاب ابن عباس كطاووس وابي وابي الشعثاء وسعيد بن جبير وامثالهم وكذلك أهل الكوفة من أصحاب عبد الله بن مسعود ومن ذلك ما تميزوا به على غيرهم وعلماء أهل المدينة وفي التفسير مثل زيد بن أسلم الذي أخذ, أخذ عنه مالك التفسير وأخذه عنه أيضا ابنه عبد الرحمن وعنه عبد الله بن وهب, عبد الله بن وهب والمراسيل إذا تعددت طرق طرقها وخلت عن عن المواطأة قصدا أو اتفاقا بغير قصد كانت صحيحة قطعا فإن النقل إما أن يكون صدقا مطابقا للخبر وإما أن يكون كذبا تعمد صاحبه صاحبه الكذب أو أخطأ فيه فمتى فمتى سلم من الكذب العمد والخطأ والخطأ كانت صدقا بلا ريب فإذا كان الحديث جاء من جهتين أو جهات وقد علم أن المخبرين لم يتواطؤوا على الاختلاف وعلم أن مثل ذلك لا تقع الموافقة فيه اتفاقا بلا قصد علم أنه صحيح مثل شخص يحدث عن واقعة جرت ويذكر تفاصيل ما فيها من الأقوال والأفعال ويأتي شخص آخر فقد علم أنه لم يواطي لم يواطي الأول فيذ فيذكر مثل ما ذكره الأول من تفصيل الأقوال والأفعال فيعلم قد قطعا أن تلك الواقعة حق في الجملة فإنه لو كان كل كل منهما كذب عن بكذب كذب بها عمدا أو خطأ أو أخطأ لم يتفق في العادة أن يأتي كل كل منهما بتلك بتلك التفاصيل التي تمنع العادة اتفاقا اتفاق التي تمنع العادة الاتفاق الاثنين عليها بلا مواطأة من أحدهما لصاحبه فإن الرجل قد يتفق قد يتفق أن ينظم بيتا وينظم 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 الآخر مثله مثله أو يكذب كذبة ويكذب الآخر مثلها إما إذا أنشأ قصيدة طويلة ذات قنون على قافية وروي 
فلم تجري العادة بأن غير بأن غيره ينشئ مثلها لفظا ومعنى ومعنى مع الطول المفرط بل يعلم بالعادة أنه أخذها منه وكذلك إذا حدث حديثا طويلا فيه فنون وحدث وحدث آخر بمثله فإنه إما أن يكون واطئه عليه أو أخذه منه أو يكون الحديث صدقا وبهذا الطريق يعلم صدق صدق عامة ما تتعد ما تتعدد جهاته جهاته المختلفة على الوجبة الوجبة على وجه على الوجه من المنقولات وإن لم يكن أحدهما كافيا إما لإرساله وإما لضعف ناقله لكن مثل مثل هذا لا لا تضبط به الالفاظ والدقائق التي لا تعلم لا تعلم بهذه بهذه الطريق بل يحتاج ذلك الى طريق يثبت بها مثل تلك الالفاظ والدقائق ولهذا ثبتت ولهذا ثبتت غزوه بدر بالتواتر وانها قبل احد بل يعلم قطعا ان حمزه وعليا وابا عبيده برزوا الى عتبه الى عتبه وشيبه والوليد وان عليا قتل الوليد وان حمزه قتل قرنه ثم ثم يشك في قرنه هل هو عتبه ام شيبه وهذا الأصل ينبغي أن يعرف فإنه أصل نافع في الجزم بكثير من المنقولات في الحديث في الحديث والتفسير والمغازي وما وما ينقل من اقوال الناس وافعالهم وغير ذلك ولهذا ولهذا اذا اذا روي الحديث الذي بتاتى بتاتى فيه ذلك عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من وجهين مع العلم بان احدهما لم ياخذه عن الاخر جزم انه بانه حق لا سيما إذا علم أن أن نقلته ليسوا ممن يتعمد الكذب وإنه وإنما يخاف على أحدهم النسيان نسيان والغلط فإنما فإن من عرف الصاحبة كابن مسعود وأبي وأبي بن كعب وابن عمر وجابر وأبي سعيد وأبي هريرة وغيرهم علم 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 يقينا ان الواحد من هؤلاء لم يكن ممن يتعمد الكذب على رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم فضلا عن عمن فوقهم كما كما يعلم الرجل من حال من من جربه وخبره خبره باطنه طويله انه ليس ممن ممن يسرق اموال الناس ويقطع الطريق ويشهد بالزور ونحو ونحو ذلك وكذلك التابعون بالمدينة بالمدينة ومكة والشام والبصرة فإن من فإن من فإن من عرف فإن من عرف مثل أبي صالح السمعاني والأعرج وسليمان وسليمان بن يسار وزيد بن وزيد بن أسلم وأمثالهم علم قطعا أنهم لم يكونوا ممن يتعمد, يتعمد الكذب في الحديث فضلا عن من هو فوقهم مثل محمد بن سيرين والقاسم بن, والقاسم بن محمد أو سعيد بن المسيب أو, عبيد أو عبيدة السلماني أو علقمة, أو علقمة أو الأسود أو نحوهم وإنما, وإنما, يخ وإنما يخاف عن على الواحد من الغلط فإن الغلط والنسيان كثير نسيان كثيرا ما, يع ما, يع ما يعرض للإنسان 
ومن الحفاظ من قد عرف الناس بعد بعده عن ذلك جدا كما عرفوا كما عرفوا حال حال الشعبي والزهري وعر وعر وعروة وقتادة والثوري وأمثالهم لا سيما الزهري في زمانه والثوري في زمانه فإنه فإنه قد يقول القائل قائل أن ابن أن ابن شهاب الزهري لا لا يعرف له غلط مع كثرة حديثه وسعة وسعة حفظه والمقصود أن الحديث الطويل إذا روى مثلا من وجهين مختلفين من غير مواطأة امتنع عليه أن يكون غلطا كما امتنع كما امتنع كما امتنع تعن أن يكون كذبا فإن الغلط لا يكون في قصة طويلة متنوعة وإنما يكون في بعضها فإذا رواها فإذا روى هذا قصة طويلة متنوعة ورواها الآخر مثل ما رواها رواها الأول من غير متواطئة مواطأة امتنع الغلط في جمع في جميعها كما امتنع الكذب كذب في جمع في جميعها من غير مواطأة ولهذا إنما يقع في مثل ذلك غلط في بعض ما جرى في القصة مثل حديث اشترى النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم البعير من جابر فإنما فإن من فإنما فإن من تأمل طرقه علم قطعا قطعا أن الحديث صحيح وإن كانوا قد اختلفوا في في مقدار الثمن وقد بين ذلك البخاري في صحيحه فإن جمهور ما في البخاري ومسلم ومسلم مما مما يقطع بأن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قاله لا إن لا لأن غالب لأن غالب لأن غالبه من هذا النحو ولأن ولأنه قد تلقاه أهل العلم بالقبول والتصديق والأمة لا تجتمع على خطأ فلو كان الحديث كذبا في في نفس الأمر والأمة مصدقة له له قبلة له قبلة له لكانوا لكانوا قد أجمعوا على تصديق ما هو في نفس الأمر كذب وهذا إجماع على الخطأ وذلك ممتنع وإن كنا نحن بدون الإجماع نجوز الخطأ أو الكذب على الخبر فهو كتجويزنا قبل أن نعلم الإجماع على العلم الذي ثبت بظاهر أو قياس ظني أن يكون الحق في الباطن بخلاف بخلاف ما اعتقدناه فإذا أجمعوا على الحكم جزمنا بأن الحكم ثابت باطنا وظاهرا ولهذا كان جمهور أهل العلم من جميع الطوائف على أن خبر الواحد إذا تلقته بالأمة بالقبول تصديقا له أو أعملا به أنه يوجب أنه يوجب العلم وهذا هو الذي ذكره المصنفون في أصول الفقه من أصحاب أبي حنيفة ومالك والشافعي وأحمد إلى فرقة قليلة من المتأخرين اتبعوا في ذلك طائفة من أهل الكلام أنكروا ذلك ولكن كثيرا من أهل الكلام أو أكثرهم يوافقون الفقهاء وأهل الحديث والسلف على ذلك وهو قول أكثر الأشعرية كأبي إسحاق وابن, وابن, وابن فورك وأما ابن الباقي وأما ابن الباقي اللاني فهو فهو الذي أنكر ذلك وتبعه مثل أبي المعالي وأبو حامد وابن عقيل وابن عقيل وابن الجو وابن الجوزي وابن الخطيب والآمدي ونحو ونحو هؤلاء 
والأول والأول هو الذي ذكره الشيخ أبو حامد وأبو وأبو الطيب وأبو إسحاق وأمثاله من من أئمة الشافعية وهو الذي ذكره القاضي عبد الوهاب وأمثاله من المالكية وهو الذي ذكره شمس الدين السرخسي وأمثاله في الحنفية وهو الذي ذكره أبو يعلى وأبو الخطاب وأبو الحسن بن الزاغوني وأمثالهم من من الحنبلية وإذا كان الإجماع على تصديق الخبر موجبا للقطع به فالاعتبار في ذلك بإجماع أهل العلم بالحديث كما أن الاعتبار كما أن الاعتبار بالإجماع على الأحكام بإجماع أهل العلم بالأمر والنهي والإباحة والمقصود هنا أن تعدد الطرق مع مع عدم مع عدم مع عدم التشاعر والاتفاق في العادة يوجب العلم بمضمون مضمون المنقول لكن هذا ينتفع ينتفع به كثيرا في العلم احوال الناقلين وفي مثل هذا ينتفع 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 بروايه المجهول وسيء الحفظ وبالحديث المرسل ونحو ذلك ولهذا كان اهل العلم علم يكتبون مثل هذه الحديث ويقولون إنه لا يصلح إنه يصلح للشواهد والاعتبار ولا يصلح لغيره قال قال أحمد قد أكتب حديث الرجل حديث الرجل الاعتبار الاعتباره اعتباره ومثل ذلك بعبد الله بن لهيعة قاضي مصر فإنه كان من أكثر أكثر الناس حديثا ومن خيار الناس لكن بسبب احتراق كتبه وقع في حديثه في حديثه المتأخر 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 غلط فصار يعتبر في بذلك ويستشهد به وكثيرا ما 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 يقترنها هو ما يقترن هو هو والليث بن سعد والليث والليث حجة ثبت إمام وكما أنهم يستشهدون ويعتبرون بحديث الذي فيه سوء فيه سوء حظ فإنهم أيضا يضعفون من حديث الثقة الصدوق صدوق الضابط أشياء تبين لهم غلط غلطه فيما بأمور يستدلون بها ويسم ويسمون هذا علم علل الحديث وهو من أشرف علومهم بحيث يكون الحديث قد رواه ثقة ضابط وغلط فيه وغلطه في عرف عرف إما بسبب ظاهر كما عرفوا أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم تزوج ميمونة وهو حلال وأنه صلى في البيت ركعتين وجعلوا رواية ابن عباس لتزوجها حراما وكونه لم يصل لم يصل مما وقع فيه الغلط وكذلك أنه اعتمر أربع عمر عمر وعلموا أن قول ابن عمر أنه اعتمر في رجب مما وقع فيه الغلط وعلموا أنه تمتع وهو آمن في حجة الوداع وأن قول عثمان لعلي كنا يومئذ خائفين مما وقع فيه الغلط وأنما وقع وأنما وقع في بعض طرق البخاري أن النار لا تمتلئ حتى حتى ينشئ الله خلقا آخر مما وقع فيه الغلط وهذا كثير والناس في هذا الباب طرفان طرف من أهل الكلام ونحوهم ممن هو بعيد عن معرفة الحديث وأهله لا لا يميز بين الصحيح والضعيف وفيشك في في صح في صح في صحة أحاديث
أو في القطع بها ومع كونها معلومة مقطوعا بها عند أهل العلم به وطرف ممن يدعي اتباع الحديث والعمل به كلما وجد لفظا في حديث قد رواه ثقة أو رأى حديثا بإسناد ظاهره الصحة يريد أن يجعل ذلك من جنس ما, من جنس ما جزم أهل العلم بصحته حتى إذا عارض حتى إذا عارض الصحيح المعروف أخذ يتكلف يتكلف له التأويلات له التأويلات الباردة أو يجعله دليلا في مسائل العلم مع أن أهل العلم بالحديث يعرفون أن مثل هذا غلط وكما أن على الحديث أدلة أدلة يعلم بها أنه صدق وقد وقد يقطع وقد يقطع بذلك فعليه أدلة يعلم بها أنه كذب ويقطع بذلك ومثل ما يقطع بكذب بكذب ما يرويه يرويه الوضاعون من أهل البدع والغلو في الفضائل مثل حديث يوم عاشوراء وأمثاله مما فيه من أن من صلى ركعتين كان له أجر كذا وكذا نبيا وفي التفسير من هذه الموضوعات قطعة كبيرة مثل الحديث الذي يرويه الثعلبي والواحدي والزمخشري في فضائل سور في فضائل في فضائل سور القرآن سورة سورة فإنه موضوع باتفاق أهل العلم والثعلبي هو في نفسه كان فيه خير ودين ولكنه كان حاطب ليل وينقل في ما وجد في كتب التفسير من صحيح وضعيف وموضوع والواحدي صاحبه ما صاحبه كان ابصر منه بالعربية لكنه هو ابعد عن السلامة واتباع السلف والبغوي تفسيره مختصر عن الثعلبي ولكنه صان تفسيره عن الاحاديث والاحاديث الموضوعة والاراء المبتدعة والموضوعات في كتب التفسير كثيرة منها الأحاديث الكثيرة الصريحة في الجهر بالبسملة والحديث علي الطويل في تصدقه بخاتمه في الصلاة فإنه موضوع باتفاق أهل العلم ومثل ما روى في قوله ولكل قوم هاد أنه علي وتعيها وتعيه أذن واعيه أذنك يا علي رحمه الله Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah, he spoke about the ikhtilaf between the salaf in tafsir and that the majority of the khilaf in tafsir and the ikhtilaf in tafsir is ikhtilaf tanawwuh. Here he wants to go into where does the khilaf go back to. The ikhtilaf in tafsir goes back to one of two. Write it down. The ikhtilaf of the salaf goes back to one of two. Number one, asbabun tata'allaqu bin naqli. The first reason is it goes back to the transmission of the narration. The differences occurs it goes back to the transmission of the narration. And the second is it goes back to the way that they derive the ruling from the ayah. So if you see differences in tafsir, it's because of one of these two. Number one, it's either because of the transmission of the narration, 
And the second one is what? The uh, understanding of the ayah and how the ruling is derived from the verse. Let's talk about this one and then the Sheikh is going to mention the second one in the next portion that's going to be recited inshallah ta'ala. The narrations that are transmitted from the the narrations that are transmitted are two types. Write it down. Write, write it down. So pay attention. The differences that occur in tafsir are how many types? The two types. The first one is big differences regarding what? The transmission. And the second one is the understanding and the comprehension of the verse and how the verse is used. They differed on how the verse is used. Sah? The first one, which is the transmission, is two types. The naql, the transmission is two types. An naqlu anil ma'asumi, a transmission that was brought to us from the Prophet ﷺ. Meaning what the Prophet said regarding this verse. An naqlu anil ma'asumi, transmission from the Prophet ﷺ. This one, once it comes, generally people don't differ with it. If the Prophet said something in the verse, then there's no argument after that. Sah? The second one is النقل عن غير المعصوم A transmission that comes from other than the Prophet Meaning it's either the transmission of a tabi'i or a sahabi. It's been transmitted to either a sahabi or a tabi'i. Are we all together so far? Are we all together? Are we all on the same page? Okay. Now, these narrations that have come to us, Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah also divided it also into two types as well, in terms of its authenticity and not. The narrations that are transmitted to us, in terms of who it's attributed to, we said it's two, either the Prophet or other than the Prophet. And the narrations from another angle, we can look at it in terms of its authenticity or not. Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah divided into how many? Two. That which we know whether it's authentic or not, and we can know whether it's authentic or not. And the second one is, We're unable to know whether it's authentic or not. Am I making sense? As a human being, you can observe a person from many perspectives and many angles. You can look at a person from their complexion. And so that you can divide the people into types. You can divide the people sometimes by looking at them from their height. And then you can divide the people in terms of their, uh, their age. Or The transmissions that have come to us can be divided in many perspectives, many ways. Does that make sense? One way that we can divide it is in terms of who is it being attributed to, this narration. Either the Prophet or other than the Prophet. We can also look at the narration from another perspective, another angle, which is, can we verify its authenticity or can we not verify its authenticity? The first one is that which we can verify its authenticity. We can look into it and say, Sahih or Da'if. And the second one is that which we can't verify its authenticity. We can't know it. And the second type is the one that is referred to as the Israeliyat. What is it referred to? Israeliyat. Israeliyat, you can't go and authenticate it because the Prophet didn't say it. And we were commanded, لا تصدقوا أهل الكتاب ولا تكذبوهم. 
and say the Allah says say وَقُولُ آمَنَّا بِاللَّهِ وَقُولُ آمَنَّا بِاللَّهِ say we believe in Allah وَمَا أُنزِلَ إِلَيْنَا and that which has been sent to us so if the people of the scripture tell you something our religion hasn't affirmed it and our religion hasn't negated it then we don't affirm it nor do we negate it does it make sense? and majority of this type which is the Isra Iliad, majority of it, of it, Ibn Taymiyyah mentioned, the overwhelming majority of it, there is no benefit in it. For example, Allah is commanding you to slaughter a cow. What cow was this? The dogs, the Ahlul Kaf, they had, what type of dog was it? Etc. People do mention the dog. Ashabul Kafi's dog. Some people, they mentioned the cow and what color, and the color has been mentioned, but the type of cow it was, and uh, was it male or was it shemal? All of this, we don't have it in our textual evidence. And it's been taken from where? The Isra'iliyat. Are we all together? And there's no fa'idah in it, meaning your iman doesn't increase if you find out whether the Ashabul Kafi's dog was a, a German shepherd or a little chihuahua or whether it was a bulldog. It doesn't, your iman doesn't increase and say, wow. So, this type, Shaykh Al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah said there's no benefit in it. Then the author, rahimahullah, mentioned, is everyone with me so far? Then the author, rahimahullah, mentioned that the tafsir books, majority of them are filled up with marasil. Marasil is what? Ma asnadahu tabi'uyu ila rasulillah. A marasil is that which a tabi'i attributes to the Prophet sallallahu A tabi'i is the student of the companion. What he attributes to the Prophet. And we know that the tabi'i did not meet the Prophet sallallahu So it's disconnected. The hadith, sorry, the tafsir books are filled with marasil. A lot of hadith which are mursal. And also history. The seerah, the seerah is also filled up with a lot of marasil. That's these two, Ibn Taymiyyah said they're filled up with marasil. At-tafsir wal-maghazi. The books of tafsir, they're filled up with marasil. Marasil is when a tabi'i, a tabi'i is the student of the companion who never met the Prophet. If he attributes to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And al-maghazi, the seerah is also filled up with what? Mursal. It's filled up with what? The marasil. Ibn Taymiyyah then mentioned the marasil, are they accepted or are they rejected? Should we accept them? He said they are accepted when three conditions are met. The marasil are accepted. When three conditions are met. Number one, تَعَدُّدُ تِلْكَ الْمَرَاسِيلِ وَكَثْرَتُهَا فَتَكُونُ عَنِ اثْنَيْنِ فَأَكْثَرُ He said, if it comes to us from more than one source, it comes to us from more than one source, okay? It comes to us from more than one source. The second one is, The 
more than one person narrates it. More than one person narrates it. And number three is the overall meaning that is present in it can be found in authentic evidences. The meaning that's in this mursal can be found in a hadith which are sahih. It carries those meanings. Ibn Taymiyyah says, when these three conditions are found, we will put it under the authentically transmitted evidences. Then Ibn Taymiyyah spoke about the tafsir. What are the levels of the people of tafsir? He said that the people who are the most knowledgeable in tafsir are the people of Mecca and Medina. They're called Ahlul Hijaz. The people of Mecca and Medina are the most knowledgeable when it comes to tafsir. And they are the students of Abdullah ibn Abbas. And their names are Mujahid, Tawus, Ata, and Ikrimah. And then the people of Medina come second. And they go back to the great Tabi'i Zayd ibn Aslam. And Zayd ibn Aslam, Imam Malik took from him. And the third is the people of Kufa. And they are the students of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. And their names are Alqama and Aswad and Abi Wa'ilin and Abdurrahman ibn Yazid. These are the levels of the tafsir. The highest of them is the people of Mecca. And they're the students of Ibn Abbas, Mujahid, Tawus, Ata and Ikrimah. And the second is the people of Medina. And they go back to Zayd ibn Aslamin. And Al-Imam Malik, he narrates a lot from Zayd ibn Aslam as his teacher. And the second, third one is the people of Kufa and Abdullah ibn Mas'ud students. Ikrimah, Al-Aswad, Abi Wa'ilin, Abdurrahman ibn Yazid. And we will carry on after the Salah. So the Shaykh Rahimahullah ibn Taymiyyah, he mentioned that the most knowledgeable people when it comes to tafsir are the students of Ibn Abbas. Ahlu Mecca, Ashab Ibn Abbas, Kamujahidin, Watawusa, Wa'ata'in, Wa'ikrimata, Wa'gayrihim rahimahumullah. Like Mujahid Ibn Jabrin, Tawus Ibn Kaysan, Ata' Ibn Abi Rabah, and Ikrima Mawla Ibn Abbas. These people's tafsir is given precedence in the ikhtilaf when there's difference of opinion. Ahlul Makkah take precedence because of their imam and because of their knowledge of tafsir. And then next in level comes the people of Medina. And the people of Medina, they go back to Zayd ibn Aslam. He's the most knowledgeable one. He took from Abdullah ibn Umar. Zayd ibn Aslam. Abdullah ibn Umar. And Imam Malik's tafsir that he brings in his muwatta the overwhelming majority, not, if not all, he took it from who? Zayd ibn Aslamin. The author then, Shaykh al-Islam, he went into the accepting of ahadiths that are found in Bukhari and Muslim, even if they are singular narrations. And Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah mentions that the ahadiths that are found in Bukhari, مِمَّا يُقْطَعُ بِأَنَّ النَّبِيَ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَمَ قَالَهُ we affirm that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said jumlat and he said this. The hadiths are in Bukhari and Muslim. Why? Because 
the Ummah are unanimously in agreement with these two books. Bukhari and what? Muslim. The Ummah unanimously agree in accepting what's in these two books. Bukhari and Muslim. Then the author, Rahimahullah, he mentioned the people when it comes to the ahadiths of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And he mentions An-Nasu fi hadha al-babi tarafan. That the people are two types, two extremes. Extreme in exaggeration and extreme in negligence and there's always a path in the middle. But he mentioned who the two extreme parties are. He said, فَطَرَفٌ مِنْ أَهْلِ الْكَلَامِ وَنَحْوِهِمْ مِمَّنْ هُوَ بَعِيدٌ عَنْ مَعْرِفَةِ الْحَدِيثِ يَشُكُّ فِي سَحَةِ أَحَادِيثَ أَوْ فِي الْقَطْعِ بِهَا مَعَ كَوْنِهَا مَعْلُومَةً مَقْطُوعًا بِهَا The first party of people are those. They are far from knowledge of hadith. They don't know a hadith. They haven't studied it. That's not, their si- that's not their field of expertise. They come about and they question a hadith that are some of which are found in Bukhari and Muslim. They reject it. And they do not want to affirm it. But if you look at them, they are not people who even know hadith. And the second group of, of people are who? And the second group are those who say we follow the hadith. And we will implement the hadith. And whenever they see a hadith, what they do is they take the hadith and they establish it and affirm it like the Prophet said it without verifying it and looking into it. Okay. حتى إذا عارض الصحيح المعروفة أخذ يتكلف له التأويلات الباردة أو يجعله أو يجعله دليلا في مسائل العلم مع أن أهل العلم في الحديث يعرفون أن مثل هذا غلط. And so what they do is they take those narrations, they act upon it, they say that the Prophet said it, they don't research in its authenticity, and then what they do is when you say but it opposes another authentic hadith, so this hadith has a weakness in it. They run to Shaykh al-Islam says, they, we, they run to weak interpretations. And so what we need to understand is there was a science because of this was built. There was a science made, as Shaykh al-Islam mentioned it, ilmu illa lil hadith. Ilmu illa lil hadith. A science called illa lil hadith where the person learns the defects that are in the narrations. So these are the two extreme parties. A party who just reject hadiths, whether they're in Bukhari or Muslim or not. And another extreme is those who take every hadith and they say that the Prophet said it without looking and investigating whether it's authentic or not. Then Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah, he spoke about al-mawdu'at fi kutub tafsiri kathiratun. Fabricated narrations, made up narrations. He said they are too much in the books of hadith. They are too much in the books of hadith. And he mentioned some of whom who transmit these ahadiths in their books of tafsir. Like Al-Tha'labi. Al-Tha'labi, his book is filled with a lot of mawdu'at. Wal-Wahidi. Wahidi in his tafsir, he brings a lot of mawdu'at. 
والزمخشري زمخشري he also brings a lot of موضوعات especially ثعلبي أن الواحدي أن زمخشري when it comes to every surah the beginning of every surah they mention a virtue for that surah 90% of the narrations they bring is weak because the Prophet didn't say the virtues in Surah Al-Baqarah is this the virtues in Surah Al-Imran is this the virtues in Surah Al-Nisa is this and mention a virtue for each surah that's not present like that but what did they do? they brought all of those narrations before the surah for the virtue of that surah and a lot of them are made up one man made it up because he wanted to encourage the people to read the Quran and he wanted them to benefit from it but the Quran doesn't need you to make up hadith for it, for people to read it. It doesn't require that from you. Allah and His Messenger will mention the virtues for each surah. Okay? So if you get these tafsir books, Al-Tha'labi and Al-Wahidi and Zamakhshari, their books are filled with mawdu'at. Then Ibn Taymiyyah spoke about each one. He said Al-Tha'labi, he's a man of religion and a man of khair, but he's Hatibu Layl. Hatibu Laylin is a phrase used for a person who doesn't know how to distinguish between the narrations. They use it for a person who wants to pick sticks at a pitch dark night. If you want to you gather uh, branches and sticks to burn your fire, you need to see, right? In the dark, you can't. You pray, you're probably going to take dong, animal dong, or you're going to probably take rocks. You don't know what you're picking. It's dark, sah? So the Ahlul Ulama Al-Hadith, the person who just takes every hadith and uses it, they call that person Hatibu Layl. They call him what? It's a phrase they give to him, it's called Hatibu Layl. Thalabi is Hatibu Layl. Everything he finds in tafsir books, he takes it. Wahidi is good with the Arabic language. But his Aqeedah Ibn Taymiyyah says is far from what the Salaf were upon. Al-Imam Al-Baghawiyu Imam al-Baghawi, what he did in his tafsir, his ma'alim al-tanzil, is that it's a summary of the tafsir of al-Tha'alabi. And he got rid of all of the weak narrations and the fabricated narrations and the correct, incorrect things that are in it. Baghawi worked on it. And this tafsir book of Baghawi is, is very valuable. It is very valuable. So all of this, Zamakhshari, of course, he's a mu'tazili. Zamakhshari is a what? Zamakhshari is a Mu'tazili and inshallah ta'ala Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah I think he's going to mention him in the uh, next chapter the sec next side he's going to mention some of the people he mentions him in the next chapter inshallah that we're going to take inshallah ta'ala in his kashaf Zamakhshari what it's like and how we should deal with it Naam. فصل في النوع الثاني الخلاف والخلاف الواقع في التفسير من جهة الاستدلال وأما النوع الثاني من المستند للاختلاف وهو وهو ما يعلم وهو ما يعلم بالاستدلال ولا لا بالنقل فهذا فهذا أكثر ما فيه ما فيه الخطأ من جهتين من جهتين حديث حدثت بعد تفسير الصحابة والتابعين وتابع وتابعيهم بإحسان 
فإن التفسير التي يذكر فيها كلام هؤلاء صرفا لا يكاد لا يكاد يوجد فيها شيء من هاتين الجهتين مثل تفسير عبد الرزاق ووكيع وعبد 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 بن حميد وعبد الرحمن بن ابراهيم ابراهيم دحيم ومثل تفسير الامام ومثل تفسير الامام احمد واسحاق بن راهويه وبقي وبقي بن مخلد وابي بكر وابي بكر بن المنذر وسفيان بن عيين وبقية وبقي بن مخلد وأبي بكر بن منذر وأبي بكر بن المنذر وسفيان بن عيينة وسنيد سنيد وأبي وابن جرير وابن أبي حاتم وأبي سعيد الأشج وأبي عبد الله بن ماجه وابن مردو وابن مردويه إحداهما قول قول وإحداهما قوم اعتقدوا معاني ثم أرادوا حمل حمل ألفاظ القرآن عليها والثانية قوم فسروا القرآن بمجرد ما ما يسوه أن يريد أن يريده بكلامه من كان من من الناطقين بلغة العرب من غير من غير نظر إلى المتكلم بالقرآن والمنزل والمنزل بالقرآن والمنزل عليه والمخاطب به فالأولون راعوا المعنى الذي رأوه من غير نظر إلى إلى ما إلى ما تستحقه إلى ما تستحقه الألفاظ القرآن من 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 الدلالات من الدلالة والبيان والآخرون راعوا مجرد اللفظ وما وما يجوز عندهم أن يريد أن يريد به العربي من غير نظر إلى ما إلى ما يصلح للمتكلم وبه سياق الكلام ثم هؤلاء كثيرا ما ما يغلطون في احتمال اللفظ لذلك المعنى في اللغه كما كما يغلط في ذلك الذين قبلهم كما ان الاولين كثيرا ما يغلطون في صحه في صحه المعنى المعنى على الذي على الذي فسروا به القران كما يغلط في ذلك الاخرون وان وان كان نظر الاولين الى المعنى اسبق ونظر ونظر الاخرين الى اللفظ اسبق والأولون صنفان تارة يسلطون لفظ القرآن ما دل عليه وأريد به وتارة يحملونه على ما لم يدل عليه ولم يرد به وفي كلا الأمرين ما يكون ما قد يكون ما قصدوا نفيه او اثبات او اثباته من من المعنى من المعنى باطلا فيكون خطاؤهم في الدليل والمدلول وقد يكون حقا فيكون خطاؤهم في الدليل لا في المدلول وهذا كما انه وقع في تفسير القران فانه وقع ايضا في تفسير الحديث فالذين أخطأوا في الدليل والمدلول مثل طوائف من أهل البدع اعتقدوا مذهبا يخالف الحق الذي عليه الأمة الوسط الذي لا يجتمعون على ضلالة كسلف الأمة وأئمتها وعمدوا إلى القرآن فتأوله على آرائهم تارة يستدلون بآيات بآيات وعلى مذهبهم ولا دلالة ولا دلالة فيها، وتارة يتأولون بما ما يخالف مذهبهم بما بما يحرفون به به الكلام عن مواضعه، ومن هؤلاء فرق فرق الخوارج والروافض والجهمية والمعتزلة والقدرية والمرجئة وغيرهم، 
وهذا كالمعتزلة مثلا فإنهم من أعظم الناس كلاما وجدالا وقد صنفوا تفاسير على أصول على أصول مذهبهم مثل تفسير عبد الرحمن بن كيسان الأصم أصم أصم شيخ شيخ إبراهيم بن إسماعيل بن علية الذي كان يناظر الشافعي ومثل كتاب أبي علي الجباء والتفسير الكبير للقاضي عبد الجبار بن أحمد الهمداني والجامع لعلم القرآن لعلي بن عيسى الرماني والكشاف لأبي القاسم الزمخشري فهؤلاء وأمثالهم, فهؤلاء وامثالهم اعتقدوا مذاهب المعتزله واصول المعتزله خمسه يسمونها هم التوحيد والعدل والمنزله بين المنزلتين وانفاذ الوعيد والامر بالمعروف والنهي عن المنكر وتوحيدهم هو توحيد الجهمية الذي يضم يضمونه مضمونه نفي نفي الصفات وغير ذلك قالوا قالوا إن الله لا يرى وإن القرآن مخلوق وإنه تعالى ليس فوق العالم وإنه لا يقوم به العلم به علم ولا قدرة ولا قدرة ولا حياة ولا سمع ولا بصر ولا كلام ولا مشيئة ولا صفة من من الصفات وأما عدلهم فمن فمن مضمونه أن الله لم يشأ جميع الكائنات ولا خلقها كلها ولا هو قادر عليها كلها بل عندهم أفعال العباد لم يخلقها لم يخلق لم يخلقها الله لا لم يخلقها الله لا خيرها ولا شرها ولم يرد إلا ما أمر به شرعا وما سوى ذلك فإنه يكون بغير مشيئته وقد وافقهم وقد وافقهم على ذلك متأخر متأخر الشيعة الشيعة كالمفيد وأبي جعفر وأبي جعفر الطوسي وأمثالهم ولي أبي جعفر هذا تفسير على هذه الطريقة لكن يضم إلى ذلك قول الإمامية الاثنى عشرية فإن المعتزلة ليس لهم فيها من يقول بذلك ولا من ينكر خلافة أبي بكر وعمر وعثمان وعلي ومن أصول المعتزلة مع الخوارج إنفاذ الوعيد في الآخرة وأن الله لا يقبل فيها للكبائر شفاعة ولا يخرج منهم أحد من النار ولا ريب أنه قد ورد عليهم طوائف من المرجئة والكرامية والكلابية وأتباعهم فأحسنوا تارة وأساءوا أخرى حتى صاروا في طرفين كما بسط في غير في غير هذا الموضع والمقصود ان مثل هؤلاء اعتقدوا رايا ثم حملوا الفاظ القران عليه وليس لهم سلف من الصحابه والتابعين لهم باحسان ولا من ائمه المسلمين ولا في رايهم ولا في تفسيرهم وما من تفسير من تفاسير الباطله وما من تفسير من تفاسيرهم الباطله الا وبطلان يظهر من وجوه كثيره وذلك من جهتين تارة من العلم بفساد قولهم وتارة من العلم بفساد ما فسروا به القرآن إما دليلا على قولهم أو جوابا على المعارض لهم ومن هؤلاء من يكون حسن العبارة فصيحا يدس البدع في كلامهم وأكثر الناس لا يعلمون كصاحب الكشاف ونحوه حتى إنه حتى إنه يروج على خلق كثير ممن لا يعتقد الباطل من تفاسيرهم الباطلة ما شاء الله وقد رأيت من العلماء المفسرين وغيرهم من يذكر في كتبه وكلامه من تفاسيرهم ما يوافق أصولهم التي يعلم أو يعتقد فسادها ولا يهتدي لذلك ثم إنه بسبب الطرف 
تطر في هؤلاء وضلالهم دخلت الرافضة الإمامية ثم الفلاسفة ثم القرامطة وغيرهم فيما هو أبلغ من ذلك وتفاقم الأمر في الفلاسفة والقرامطة والرافضة فإنهم فسروا القرآن بأنواع لا يقضي منها العالم عجبا فتفسير الرافضة قولهم تبت يدا بلاب وتب وهما أبي بكر وعمر ولئن أشركت ليحبطن عملك أي بين أبي بكر وعمر وعلي في الخلافة إن الله يأمركم أن تذبحوا بقرة هي عائشة فقاتلوا أئمة الكفر طلحة والزبير ومرج البحرين علي وفاطمة اللؤلؤ والمرجان الحسن والحسين وكل شيء أحصيناه في إمام النبيين في علي بن أبي طالب وعمن يتساءلون عن النبأ العظيم علي بن أبي, علي بن أبي طالب وإنما وليكم الله ورسوله والذين آمنوا الذين يقيمون الصلاة ويؤتون الزكاة وهم راكعون هو علي ويذكرون الحديث الموضوع بإجماع أهل العلم وهم تصدقوا بخاتمة في الصلاة وكذلك قول أولئك عليهم صلوات من ربهم ورحمة نزلت في العلي لما أصيب بحمزة ومما يقارب هذا من بعض الوجوه ما يذكره كثير من المفسرين في مثل قوله الصابرين والصادقين والقانتين والمنفقين والمستغفرين بالأسحار أن الصابرين رسول الله والصادقين أبي بكر والقانتين عمر والمنفقين عثمان والمستغفرين علي وفي مثل قوله محمد رسول الله والذين معه أبو بكر أشداء على الكفار عمر رحماء بينهم عثمان تراهم ركعا سجدا علي وأعجب من ذلك قول بعضهم والتين أبي أبو بكر والزيتون عمر والطور سينين عثمان وهذا البلد الأمين علي وأمثال هذه الخرافات التي تتضمن تارة تفسير اللفظ بما لا يدل عليه بحال فإن هذه الألفاظ لا تدل على هؤلاء الأشخاص بحال وقوله تعالى والذين آمنوا أشداء على الكفار رحماء بينهم ترى عمرك عن سجداء كل ذلك نعت للذين معه وهي التي يسميه النحاة خبرا بعد خبر والمقصود هنا أنها كلها صفات لموصوف واحد وهم الذين معه ولا يجوز أن يكون كل منا مرادا به شخصا واحدا وتتضمن تارة جعل اللفظ المطلق العام منحصرا في شخص واحد كقولهم إن قوله تعالى إنما وليكم الله ورسوله والذين آمنوا أريد بي علي وحده وقول بعضهم إن قوله والذي جاء بالصدق وصدق به أريد بها أبو بكر وحده وقوله لا يستوي منكم من أنفق من قبل الفتح وقاتل أريد بها أبو بكر وحده ونحو ذلك وتفسير ابن عطية وأمثاله أتبع للسنة والجماعة وأسلم من البدعة من تفسير زمخشري ولو ذكر كلام السلف الموجود في التفاسير المأثورة عنهم على وجه لكان أحسن وأجمل فإنه كثيرا ما ينقل من تفسير محمد بن جرير الطبري وهو من, وهو من أجل التفاسير المأثورة وأعظمها قدرا ثم إنه يدع ما نقله ابن جرير عن السلف لا يحكيه بحال ويذكرها ويذكر ما يزعم أنه قول 
المحققين وإنما يعني بهم طائفة من آل الكلام الذين قرروا أصولهم بطرق من جنس ما قررت به المعتزلة أصولهم وإن كانوا أقرب إلى السنة من المعتزلة لكن ينبغي أن يعطى كل ذي حق حقه ويعرف أن هذا من جملة التفسير على المذهب فإن الصحابة والتابعين والأئمة والأئمة إذا كان لهم في التفسير الآية قول وجاء قوم وفسروا الآية بقول آخر لأجل مذهب اعتقدوه وذلك المذهب ليس من مذاهب الصحابة والتابعين لهم بإحسان صاروا مشاركين للمعتزلة وغيرهم من آل البدع من هذا مثل من مثل هذا وفي الجملة من عدل عن مذاهب الصحابة والتابعين وتفسيرهم إلى ما يخالف ذلك كان كان مخطئا في ذلك بل مبتدعا وإن كان مجتهدا مغفورا لو خطأوا فالمقصود بيان طرق العلم وادلته وطرق الصواب ونحن نعلم أن القرآن قرأوا الصحابة والتابعون وتابعوهم وأنهم كانوا أعلم بتفاسيره ومعانيه كما أنهم أعلم بالحق الذي بعث الله به رسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم فمن خالف قولهم وفسر القرآن بخلاف تفسيرهم فقد أخطأ في الدليل والمدلول جميعا ومعلوم أنه كل من خالف قولهم له شبهة يذكرها إما عقلية وإما سمعية كما هو مبسوط في موضعه والمقصود هنا التنبيه على مثار الاختلاف في التفسير وأن من أعظم أسباب البدع الباطلة التي دعت أهلها إلى أن حرفوا الكلمة عن مواضعه وفسروا كلام الله ورسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم بغير ما أريد به وتأولوا على غير تأويله فمن أصول العلم بذلك أن يعلم الإنسان أن يعلم الإنسان قول الذي خالفوه وأنه الحق وأن يعرف أن تفسير السلف يخالف تفسيرهم وأن يعرف أن تفسيرهم محدث مبتدع ثم أن ثم أن يعرف بطرق المفصلة ثم أن يعرف ثم أن يعرف بالطرق المفصلة فساد تفسيرهم بما نصبه الله من الأدلة على بيان الحق وكذلك وقع من الذين صنفوا في شرح الحديث وتفسيره من المتاخرين من جنس ما وقع فيما صنفوه من شرح القرآن وتفسيره وأما الذين يخطئون في الدليل لا في المدلول فمثل كثير من الصوفية والوعاظ والفقهاء وغيرهم فيفسر القرآن بمعان صحيحة لكن القرآن لا يدل عليها مثل كثير ممن ذكره أبو عبد الرحمن السلمي في حقائق التفسير وإن كان فيما ذكروا ما هو ما هو معان باطلة فإن ذلك يدخل في القسم الأول وهو الخطأ في الدليل والمدلول جميعا حيث يكون المعنى الذي قصدوه فاسدا شيخ الإسلام ابن تيمية هي هي speaking about the second type of uh, the reasons of why tafsir happens what was the first reason that we mentioned in terms of transmission and what was the second In terms of understanding. So now we're going to go into the understanding. Sah? Or in terms of how they derive from the verse understanding. Are we all together? So, Shaykh Islam ibn Taymiyyah said before that the tafsir of the Quran, it comes, or the differences in tafsir of the Quran comes from either asbabun tata'allaqu bin naql. It goes back to the transmission. And we spoke about that, how the transmission of the narrations can be. It's either attributed to the Prophet or it's attributed to other than the Prophet or it's narrations we know its authenticity and we can find out whether it's authentic or not. Or we may not be able to find out whether it's authentic or not. And we said these are the Israeliyat. And we spoke about 
the majority of tafsir books, the transmissions that have been found in it are called marasil. And we spoke about the marasil will be accepted if there's three conditions found. We also spoke about whose tafsir's transmission should we take from the sahabas and give them the highest level. We said Ahlul Makkah, Ahlul Medina, Ahlul Kufa. We talked all of, about all of that. Now we're speaking about the tafsir, deriving the rules from it and taking out from it a meaning. There's also differences that come in this way. And how does it come? It comes in two ways, Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah said. The first one is, Tafsir al-Qur'ani bimulahadati lughati al-Arab. There are people who read the tafsir and they explain the tafsir of the Qur'an merely based on the Arabic language. What does this word mean in the Arabic language? Okay. What does it mean in the Arabic language? And what does it mean in the Arabic language? And what does it mean in the Arabic language? Khalas, that's it. Those people's concern regarding tafsir of the Quran is just the Arabic language. And what do they do? They disconnect the speech from the context that it's in. Because the Quran was talking to who? It was talking to the Sahabas. So the Sahabas within themselves, there was a urf, a custom they knew. If the, if the person who is doing tafsir of the Quran does not look at who the Quran is talking to, some of the verses is talking to the what? It's talking to the senior companions. And sometimes some verses are talking to the Bedouins. If you take it away from that, the tafsir of the Quran, and you only focus on the Arabic language alone, misguidance comes from this, brothers. Okay, and don't worry, soon inshallah ta'ala, we're going to go into Turuq Tafsir al Quran. How do you do Tafsir of the Quran and what path do you take when you want to comment uh, on the Quran? But this group, all they observe is the meaning of the verse. Khalas. What does it mean in the Arabic language? Ha. And I don't want you to misunderstand this and think to yourself, I'm saying that the Quran, you don't, you don't need the Arabic language to understand the Quran. I, I'm saying that you have to, that's a must. And we mention that all the time. The Arabic language is what the Quran came down in. That's not what we're talking about. The Quran, you don't just look at it as an Arabic book. Okay? You look at it in what context it came down in. The sababu nuzul. You look at the siyak of the verse. What context is the verse in? You look at how these verses were talking to the companions. Which we will be mentioning soon, inshallah ta'ala. This group of people, they don't look at all of that. They don't look at that. They took at each word what it means. The second group, I mean the second way that differences occur from understanding the verses is Tafsir al-Qur'ani bihamli al-fadhi ala ma'anin ya'taqidu hal-mufassiru The person has a belief. A preconceived notion. He believes something prior to coming to this ayah. And then what he does is that when he looks at the verse, he wants to force the, he wants to force the verse to take that particular meaning. And this is what the ulama, they say, يَعْتَقِدُونَ ثُمَّ يَسْتَدِلُّونَ فَيَضِلُّونَ يَعْتَقِدُونَ ثُمَّ يَسْتَدِلُّونَ فَيَضِلُّونَ They believe first. Then they use the ayah and then they become misguided. Because what's going to happen? If you already believe something and then you come to the ayah, you're going to force the ayah to follow your meaning. And this is what Kufar Najaran 
the Christians of Najran said to the Prophet وسلم, when they came to him. They said, Ya Muhammad, Trinity, Trinity, it's in your book. Alhamdulillah. You've spoken Trinity, Muhammad. It's in the Quran. How is Trinity in the Quran? They said. So they first believed something because they're Christians. They believe in Trinity. They're convinced with Trinity. They looked in the Quran and they found what they felt was inclined to their opinions. The Prophet said, where is it you're referring to? They said, Ya Muhammad, your Lord uses, when he speaks about himself, the word Nahnu, we. He uses the word we. Nahnu. And they said, Nahnu is jama'ah. Nahnu is plural. In the Arabic language, it's different from the English language. The English language, we only have singular and plural. But in the Arabic language, they have singular, dual, and plural. They have mufrad, they have a muthanna, and they have a jama'ah. Does that make sense? So, they said, Muhammad, Nahnu is plural. We know it's not two because two is a muthanna. Nahnu is a plural. And the minimum that a plural is, is three. Trinity is in there. Alhamdulillah, Muhammad. Trinity is in your book. And that's why the ayah came down. Allah told us in the Quran there are verses which are clear cut and verses which are vague and ambiguous. The people's hearts are sick. They're going to go to those vague, ambiguous verses and they're going to take it. This word nahnu, in the Arabic language, it has two usages. What does it have? It has two usages. In the Arabic language, nahnu is used as Someone who's talking and someone else is with him. Plural. Sometimes it's used as a plural. The word nahnu. And that's the one they took. And there's a second usage which they didn't take on board. Which is that the word Nahnu takes, which is Al Mu'adhimu Nafsahu, the one who's glorifying and venerating himself. It's the one that we call in the English language the we of royalty. Are we, are we all together? When the Queen of England, Queen Elizabeth, comes and she talks and she gives her lecture, what does she say? She says, We. She says, We, sah. That we that she uses is what? It's plural. Sorry, 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 sorry. It's royalty. She's talking about herself. So it's present even in the UK. Sorry, in the English language. It's also present in the English language. So what did they do? Pay attention here. They didn't, they ignored the, the, the royalty and they used the plural. Are we all together, brothers? Why did they do that? Because they believed something first. And they forced the verse to become like that. Am I making sense here? The same thing happened to Jabir radiallahu anhu. That there was a group of khawarij, they came to Jabir radiallahu anhu. Please pay attention. They came to Jabir and they said, Jabir, But Jabir was sitting in the masjid and he was teaching the people. And Jabir said that there is going to be a group of Muslims. They're going to go into the hellfire. And then they go to the hellfire, they're going to burn in the hellfire and they're going to come out. He was reading Hadith al-Shafa'ah. 
the hadith that states that there's going to be Muslims that are going to go to the hellfire and they're going to come out. Are we all together? So some of the khawarij that were with Jabir, they were sitting, they were listening to him. They came to Jabir and they said, وَعَجَبَ لَكَ Wallah, you're a shocking person. Hey, you are saying to us that there's going to be a people who are going to be taken out of the hellfire. And Allah says in the Quran, يُرِيدُونَ أَنْ يَخْرُجُوا مِنَ النَّارِ وَمَا هُمْ بِخَارِجِينَ مِنْهَا they want to come out of the fire, but they won't be able to come out of the fire. And for them is an ongoing, consistent punishment. Allah is saying this to us, Jabir. And you are saying this to us. What did, what's happening here? The problem is, number one, the Khawarij already believed before. They believed that the Muslim will stay in the hellfire forever because they believe they're kuffar. That's their belief. What did Jabir say? Jabir is a Sahabi who knows the Quran very well. He said, Iqra awwal al ayah. Read the beginning of the verse. Read the what? Read the beginning of the verse. What's the beginning of the verse? Verse. Who's the ayah talking about? The kuffar. In the Ladina Kafaru, it's talking about the disbelievers who are going to stay in the hellfire forever. It's not even talking about the Muslims. Are we all together, brothers? Ibn Taymiyyah gave other examples, which is the Rafidah and the Shia. They don't like Abu Bakr and Umar and Uthman. Do they like them? No, they don't. So, what do they do? Do they like Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha? They don't. Ibn Taymiyyah gave examples of what they did. They said, Inna Allah ya'murukum an tadbahu baqarah. They said, The baqarah here is Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha. Where did they bring that tafsir from? They believe something first. Then when they come to the Quran, all they can see on the verses is what they believe. Are we all together, brothers? The Quran, brothers, is we're not, when we don't read the Quran to impose our belief and what we hold on the Quran. We go to the Quran and it will tell us what to believe. The Quran is going to guide you to the best of affairs. So, Shaykh al-Islam here is saying that some of the people commenting on the Quran, they believed something and then they tried to use the verses in accordance to what they believe. And they did it in two ways. A. They negate from the verse the meanings that are in it. The word has a meaning, they negate that meaning from it. And B, They impose on the verse meanings that it doesn't have. So the first party, they negate, and the second party, they affirm for the verse that which it didn't affirm for itself. Are we all together? Now, Ibn Taymiyyah divided the people who fell into this mistake or the people who went wrong generally in the perspective of deriving rulings from the Quran, they fell short in two ways. Okay, brothers? In two ways. A people who didn't have a prior belief. They didn't have no prior belief. 
But they came to a verse and their tafsir became like the tafsir of the people of innovation. But they didn't have a prior belief. A mistake occurred from them here. Am I making sense? They comment on a verse. The tafsir of this verse is not based on a prior belief, a preconceived notion. No, it's not. It's actually a mistake that just occurred here. I give an example. Mujahid ibn Jabrin, we took yesterday, right? Who he is? Tilmid ibn Abbas. Mujahid is the man Sufyan al-Thawri who said, إِذَا جَاءَكَ تَفْسِيرُ مُجَاهِدٍ فَحَسْبُكَ بِهِ If the tafsir of Mujahid comes to you, that's enough. Don't look for anything else. Are we all on the same page? Mujahid came to the ayah, وَجَاءَ رَبُّكَ وَالْمَلَكُ صَفًّا what do we believe Ahlul Sunnah? We believe Allah is going to come. The Aqeedah to Ahlul Sunnah. Another deviated group known as the Asha'ira, they don't believe Allah comes down. Their tafsir of that ayah means, وَجَاءَ أَمْرُ رَبِّكَ Your Lord's command comes. Because they don't believe Allah Taala descends. For whatever reasons they believe it, but they don't believe that. Now pay attention. Please pay attention to this. There is a tafsir of Mujahid that he came to this ayah and he said what? Waja'a? Waja'a Rabbik, he said. Just like they said it. Do we then say Mujahid ibn Jabrin is of the belief of the Asha'ira? La. Mujahid fell into a mistake here, but he does believe Allah comes down because he affirms it in other ayat. Are we all together, brothers? Like in this ayah, for him, he understood it to be mean this. Am I making sense, brothers? Whereas they, on the other hand, they believe Allah doesn't descend and they force and impose every ayah that proves Allah Taala descending to be that way. And so this is very important that you benefit from that point. And little point that out other than Shaykh al-Islam, uh, Ibn Taymiyyah. Ibn Taymiyyah concluded this point with something very powerful. He said, مَنْ عَدَلَ عَنْ مَذَاهِبِ الصَّحَابَةِ وَالتَّابِعِينَ وَتَفْسِيرِهِمْ إِلَى مَا يُخَالِفُ ذَلِكَ كَانَ مُخْطِئًا فِي ذَلِكَ بَلْ مُبْتَدِعًا Ibn Taymiyyah said, anyone who turns away from the way of the companions and the way of the tabi'een in tafsir, he's doing tafsir of the Qur'an, he's not going to mention the aqwal of the sahabas and he's not going to mention the aqwal of the tabi'een and he goes towards other than those two. Ibn Taymiyyah said, كَانَ مُخْطِئًا فِي ذَلِكَ He's wrong in doing that. Rather, Rather, he's a misguided individual. He's a what? He's a misguided individual. He's a misguided individual. So brothers, what we have to truly understand is that if we want to do tafsir of the Quran, we have to look at what the early generation said. What Abu Bakr and Umar and Uthman and Ibn Abbas and Ibn Mas'ud and what they said about the Quran and how they understood these verses. All of good is connected to following the early generation. All of evil is in where? In the innovation that was made by the later generation. Okay, brothers. And then Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah pointed something very important out and he said that this is not only for the Qur'an, even the tafsir and the explanation of the hadith books. 
same problem occurs on it as well. That the people abandon going to the explanation of the Sahabas and the Tabi'een on the Hadith. They abandon it. If you book, buy books of Hadiths and you want to read the explanation on it, they abandon it. And there's one person who I truly encourage you all to read his explanation of Hadith books. Very profound Imam, Ibn Rajab al-Hanbali. Ibn Rajab al-Hanbali, his whole explanation of Hadith is based upon the Aqwal al-Salaf. He fills it up with Aqwal al-Salaf. Are we all together, brothers? Ibn Rajab, if he explains the hadith, he will mention all of the sahabas what they said about this hadith. And they will mention all of the tabi'een what they said. And then all the tabi'u tabi'een what they said about the hadith. By Ibn Rajab's works. Especially his kitab, Jami' Ulum al-Hikam, which is the explanation of the kitab Arba'un al-Nawawiyyah. And he added eight extra hadiths on it and he made it 50. Naam. The author, rahimahullah, he then said, فصل في أحسن طرق التفسير فإن قال قائل فما أحسن طرق التفسير فالجواب إن صح الطرق في ذلك أن يفسر القرآن بالقرآن فما أجمل في مكان فإنه قد فسر في موضع آخر وما اختصر في مكان فقد بسط في موضع آخر فإن أعياك ذلك فعليك بالسنة فإنها شارحة للقرآن وموضحة له بل قد قال الإمام أبي أبو عبد الله محمد بن إدريس الشارح كل ما حكم به رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم فهو مما فهمه من القرآن قال الله تعالى إنا أنزلناه إليك الكتاب بالحق لتحكم بين الناس بما أراك الله ولا تكن للخائنين خصيما ولا تكن للخائنين خصيما وقد قال تعالى وأنزلنا إليك الذكر لتبين للناس ما نزل إليهم ولعلهم يتفكرون وقال تعالى وما أنزلنا عليك الكتاب إلا لتبين لهم الذي اختلفوا فيه وهدى ورحمة لقوم يؤمنون ولهذا قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ألا وإني أوتيت القرآن ومثله مع يعني السنة والسنة أيضا, تنت والسنة أيضا تنزل عليه بالوحي كما ينزل القرآن لا أنها تتلى كما ما يتلى وقد استدل الإمام الشافعي وغيره من الأئمة على ذلك بأدلة كثيرة ليس هذا موضع ذلك والغرض أنك تطلب تفسير القرآن منه فإن لم تجده فمن السنة كما قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم لمعاذ حين بعثه إلى اليمن بما تحكم قال بكتاب الله قال فإن لم تجد قال فبسنة رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال فإن لم تجد قال أجتهد رأيي قال فضرب رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم بصدره وقال الحمد لله الذي وفق رسول رسول الله لما يرضي رسول الله وهذا الحديث في المسانيد والسنن بإسناد جيد وحينئذ إذا لم تجد تفسير في القرآن ولا في السنة رجعت في ذلك إلى أقوال الصحابة 
فإنهم أدرى بذلك لما شهدوه من القرائن والأحوال التي اختصوا بها ولما لهم من الفهم التام والعلم الصحيح والعمل الصالح لا سيما علماءهم وكبراءهم كالأئمة الأربعة الخلفاء الراشدين والأئمة المهديين مثل عبد الله بن مسعود قال الإمام أبو جعفر محمد بن جرير الطبري حدثنا أبو كريب قال أنبأنا جابر بن نوح قال أنبأنا الأعمش عن أبي الضحى عن مسروق قال قال يعني ابن مسعود والذي لا إله غيره ما نزلت آية من كتاب الله إلا وأنا أعلم فيما نزلت وأين نزلت ولو أعلم مكان أحد أعلم بكتاب الله مني تناله المطايا لا تيتوا وقال العمش أيضا عن أبي وائل عن ابن مسعود قال كان الرجل منا إذا تعلم عشر آيات لم يجاوزهن حتى, حتى يعرف معانيهن والعمل بهن ومنهم الخبر والبحر ومنهم الحبر البحر عبد الله بن مسعود ابن عم رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم وترجمان القرآن ببركة دعاء رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم له حيث قال اللهم فقه في الدين وعلمه التأويل وقال ابن جرين حدثنا محمد بن بشار قال أنبأنا وكيع قال أنبأنا سفيان عن الععمش عن مسلم قال قال عبد الله يعني ابن مسعود نعمة ترجمان القرآن ابن عباس ثم رواه عن يحيى بن داود عن ابي عن اسحاق الازرق عن سفيان عن الاعمش عن مسلم بن صحيب عن مسلم بن صبيح ابي ضحى عن مسروق عن ابن مسعود انه قال نعمه ترجمان للقران ابن عباس ثم رواه ابن بندر ثم رواه ثم رواه عن بندار عن جعفر بن عون عن الاعمش به كذلك فهذا إسناد, إلى فهذا إسناد صحيح إلى ابن, إلى ابن مسعود أنه قال عن ابن عباس هذه العبارة وقد مات ابن مسعود في سنة ثلاث وثلاثين على الصحيح وعمر بعده ابن عباس ستا وثلاثين سنة فما ظنك بما كسبه من العلوم بعد ابن مسعود وقال عمش عن أبي وائل استخلف علي عبد الله بن عباس على الموسم فخطب الناس فقرأ في خطبته سورة البقرة وفي رواية سورة النور ففسر تفسيرا لو سمعته الروم لو سمعته الروم والترك والديلم لأسلموا ولهذا فإن غالب ما يروي إسماعيل بن عبد الرحمن السدي الكبير في تفسيره عن هذين الرجلين ابن ممسعود وابن عباس ولكن في بعض الأحيان ينقل عنهم ما يحكمون ما يحكونه من أقاويل آل الكتاب التي أباحها رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم حيث قال بلغوا عني ولو آية وحدثوا عن بني إسرائيل ولا حرج ومن كذب علي متعمدا فليتبوى مقعده من النار رواه البخاري عن عبد الله بن عمر عن عبد الله بن عمرو بن العاص ولهذا كان عبد الله بن عمرو قد أصاب يوم اليرموك زاملتين من كتب آل الكتاب فكان يحدث فكان يحدث منهما بما فهمه من هذا الحديث من الإذن في ذلك ولكن هذه الأحاديث الإسرائيلية تذكر للاستشهاد لا للاعتقاد فإن على ثلاثة أقسام أحدها ما علمنا صحته مما بأيدينا مما يشهد له بالصدق فذاك صحيح والثاني ما علمنا كذبه بما عندنا مما يخالفه والثالث ما هو مسكوت عنه لا من هذا القبيل ولا من هذا القبيل فلا نؤمن به ولا نكذبه وتجوز حكايته لما تقدم وغالب ذلك مما لا فائدة مما لا فائدة فيه تعود إلى أمر ديني ولهذا يختلف علماء أهل الكتاب في مثل هذا كثيرا 
ويأتي عن المفسرين خلاف بسبب ذلك كما يذكر في مثل هذا أسماء أصحاب الكاف ولون كلبهم وعدتهم وعصا موسى من أي شجر كان وأسماء الطيور التي يحياها الله لإبراهيم وتعيين البعض الذي ضرب به المقتول من البقرة ونوع الشجرة التي كلم الله منها موسى إلى غير ذلك مما أبامه الله في القرآن مما لا فائدة في تعيينه تعود على المكلفين في دنياهم ولا دينهم ولكن نقل الخلاف عنهم في ذلك جائز كما قال تعالى سيقولون ثلاثة رابع كلبهم ويقولون خمسة سادسهم كلبهم رجما بالغيب ويقولون سبعة وثامن كلبهم قل ربي يعلم بعدتهم ما يعلمهم إلا قليل فلا تمار فيهم إلا مراء ظاهرا ولا تستفتي فيهم منهم أحدا فقد اشتملت هذه الآية الكريمة على على الأدب في هذا المقام وتعليم ما ينبغي في مثل هذا فإنه تعالى أخبر عنه في ثلاثة أقوال وضعف القولين الأولين وسكت عن الثالث على الثالث فدل على صحته إذ لو كان باطلا لرده لرده كما رده ما ثم ارشد الى ان الاطلاع على عدتهم لا طائل تحته فيقال في مثل هذا قل ربي اعلم بعدتهم فانه لا يعلم بذلك الا قليل من الناس ممن اطلعه الله عليه فلهذا قال فلا تمار فيهم الا مراء ظاهرا أي لا تجهد نفسك فيما لا طائل تحته ولا تسألهم عن ذلك فإنهم لا يعلمون من ذلك إلا رجم الغيب فهذا أحسن ما يكون في حكاية الخلاف أن تستوعب الأقوال في ذلك المقام وأن ينبه على الصحيح منها ويبطل ويبطل الباطل وتذكر فائدة الخلاف وثمرته لئلا يطول النزاع والخلاف فيما لا فائدة تحته فيشتغل به عن الأهم فأما من حكى خلافا في مسألة ولم يستوعب أقوال الناس فيما هو فيها فهو ناقص إذ قد يكون الصواب في الذي تركه أو يحكي الخلاف ويطلقه ولا ينبه على الصحيح من الأقوال فهو ناقص أيضا فإن صحح غير الصحيح عامدا فقد تعمد الكذب أو جاهلا فقد أخطأ كذلك من نصب الخلاف فيما لا فائدة تحته أو حكى أقوالا متعددة لفظا ويرجع حاصلها إلى قول أو قولين معنا فقد ضيع الزمان وتكثر بما ليس بصحيح فهو كلابس ثوبي الزور والله الموفق والله الموفق للصواب Ibn Taymiyyah now goes into how to do tafsir and to comment on the Qur'an. He mentions the way to do tafsir is in the following way. Write it down. The first one is and yufassar al-Qur'an bil-Qur'an. That you do tafsir of the Qur'an with the Qur'an. Tafsir al-Qur'an bil-Qur'an. And the tafsir of the Qur'an with the Qur'an is two types. The tafsir of the Qur'an with the Qur'an is two types. Number, first, number one is nasun sarih. It's clear that the Qur'an explained what this verse means. Nas means The first one is an ayah explains another ayah and it's clear that this ayah is explaining this ayah. There's no dispute about it. An example for that is wasamai wattariq. Hey, wastariq. What does it mean? What is it? It's tafsir. You don't need to go far. The ayah after it, Allah explains it. He said, وَمَا أَدْرَاكَ مَطَّارِقَ 
النجم الثاقب بس الطارق ميز النجم الثاقب اتس نص صريح اتس كليكا ذا الطارق ميز النجم الثاقب ار وي اول توجذر ذا اي اكسبلين ذا اذر اي ذيس از كول تفسير القران بالقران بنص صريح وذا كليكا ايفيدنس ذا سكند وان از ظاهر مستنبط ظاهر مستنبط مينز that one ayah explains another ayah but it's not clear it is apparent it's apparent it's not a hundred percent there's a doubt it could be wrong for example Allah says عَمَّ يَتَسَاءَلُونَ عَنِ النَّبَأِ الْعَظِيمِ what does النَّبَأِ الْعَظِيمِ mean? some said يَوْمُ الْقِيَامَةِ some said the Quran some said الْبَعْثِ وَهَكَذَا نَبَأِ الْعَظِيمِ what does it mean in this ayah? But there's another ayah where Allah says, قُلْ هُوَ نَبَأُ الْعَظِيمِ أَنْتُمْ عَنْهُمْ عُرِضُونَ When Allah was talking about the Qur'an, what did He refer to it as? He referred to it as what? قُلْ هُوَ نَبَأُ الْعَظِيمِ That the Qur'an is a great news. But it's not clear because this ayah is in Surah Al-Nabat and the second ayah that we took is in Surah Al-Sad. How do we know that Surah Al-Sad and Surah Al-Nabat here both mean the same? That's all based on istimbat. Are we all together? This is called Dahirun Mustambat. It's, it's apparent. Rather, it's the, it is the strongest opinion that means the Quran. That's the strongest opinion. Why is it the strongest opinion? Because whenever Allah talked about Nabaul Azim in the Quran, other than this surah, He always meant the, only the Quran. But again, it's based upon Istimbat. Okay? The second way, brothers, to do tafsir of the Quran is with the Sunnah. Tafsir al Quran is Sunnah. Tafsir of the Quran based on the what? Based on the Sunnah. And we, how has the Quran, sorry, how has the Sunnah explained the Quran in two ways? In what? In two ways. The first way is specifically the Prophet commented on the verse. Nabi Muhammad came and he said, This is what this ayah means. Like when he said, غير المغضوب عليهم, the Prophet said, Al Yahud. He said that Nasara. No one can come and say that Maghdub means this and Nasara means, uh, sorry, Dalin uh, means this. Nabi Muhammad already explained it for us. The second one is Tafsir, which is not taken from the Prophet directly, but it's taken from the Prophet's actions and the way he was. Like the Tafsir of the ayah, Wa aqimu salah, establish the prayer. Establish the prayer, the Prophet didn't explain what it means. He went and he taught them how to pray. So that's the Tafsir of Wa aqimu salah. The tafsir of wa'atu zakah is the way that the Prophet ﷺ mentioned in the hadiths. Are we all together? The second one is tafsirun aamun ghayra mu'ayyanin. The Prophet didn't clearly mention the tafsir of this word and say this is what it means and this is what it means. He didn't say that. His actions explained it for us. And so we say وَأَقِمِ الصَّلَاةَ طَرَفَيِّ النَّهَارِ وَزُلَفًا مِنَ اللَّيْلِ إِنَّ الْحَسَنَاتِ يُذْهِبْنَ السَّيِّئَاتِ We say the Prophet's actions explains this to us. Okay, very good. If we can't find the sunnah, hey, we, we looked for another verse, it couldn't, we didn't find it. We looked for the sunnah, we also couldn't find it. What do, the, what do we then do? We go to the tafsir of the sahaba. Why do we give the precedence to the tafsir of the sahabas over everybody else? They're the third level. The first one is tafsir al Qurani bil Quran. The second one is tafsir al Qurani bil Sunnah. The third one is tafsir al Qurani bi Aqwal al Sahaba. Aqwal al-Sahaba, why do we go to it? Why do we run to the Sahabas? For two reasons. For two reasons we go to the Sahabas. 
The first one is Kamalu Fuhumihim. Their understanding is complete. Okay? They had good understanding of the religion. Better than what we have. How are they? They are what you call eyewitnesses. If a car accident happens right now, no one's going to ask a person who comes day, lay, days later, a week later, a person who heard about the incident. The police is going to ask who was there. And he's going to write down from the people who were there. So when the revelation came down, the eyewitnesses are the sahabas. So their understanding of everything and the context and the way it was is better than anyone else. Number two, the second reason is the Sahabas, they had sihatul i'tiqad. Their hearts were clean. They didn't have a preconceived notion. Are we all together, brothers? Their aqidah was correct. Meaning the Sahabas, they looked for guidance in the Quran. When the Sahabas passed away, people's hearts started to change. I benefited something from the kitab This book talks about the different groups and different um, ideologies. Ibn Hazm mentioned something very, very beneficial. Listen to this. He mentioned why Nabiullah Muhammad came out from the Arabs. And you have to understand the Arabs at that time, they were not the most civilized of people. They were not. They were fighting over petty stuff. They were fighting over camels for 40 years that they forgot why they were fighting, okay? They, the civilization at that time was with the Persians and the Romans. And so why didn't is the Prophet come out from them? Why specifically these people? Ibn Hazm gave a good answer to this. He said the reason is because the Persians and the Romans, they had philosophy that came. So if the Quran came to them, they would push the Qur'an to the preconceived notion that they had, the belief that they already had. They're going to impose it on the Qur'an. Whereas Quraysh, whatever they were doing, there was no preconceived notion beyond that. There wasn't su'ul i'tiqad. And so when the religion came, it was easier for it to go through to them. Are we all together, brothers? And that's why if you look at today, the countries in the world that take Islam the fastest generally are countries that are not what? That are sub, not mm, the people are not first world as they, as they would probably coin it, huh? They take Islam because they they fitra sahih. They don't have anything that's causing them any stress. Or they take Islam. It makes sense to them. So the Sahaba's heart was clean, their fitra was sahih, and the i'tiqad was good. So the religion would go into their hearts. Naam. Then the Shaykh Rahimahullah Ibn Taymiyyah spoke about the Israeliyat and he divided the Israeliyat into three. How many types of Israeliyat did he mention? The Israeliyat he said, There's Israeliyat, we know it's authentic. It's sahih. Like the concept of Ashura. The, the Yahud used to celebrate Ashura when the Prophet came to Medina. He saw the, uh, the Jews in Medina Celebrating Ashura or fasting on Ashura. Did the Prophet affirm that? I affirm the concept. Of course, he changed the method and the way it was being done, but he generally what? He affirmed it. Are we all together, brothers? So within our religion, there are some things from their religion is being affirmed in our religion. It's been affirmed. Do we accept it? We accept it. Why do we accept it? 
because our religion affirmed it. The second type is that which we know that they're making up is lies. They made it up. It doesn't exist. There's no basis in our religion. Even in their religion. They added that into their religion. There are things like that. The scholars, they don't differ on that. Whatever our religion affirmed, we take it. And whatever our religion negated, we reject it. The dispute is the third one, which is ما هو مسكوت عنه لا من هذا القبيل ولا من هذا القبيل It's not affirmed in our text and it's also not negated in our text. What do we do with this? Should we affirm it or should we negate it? Should we even mention them? Is it worth mentioning them? This is where the scholars differ amongst themselves. Some of the scholars, they mention it. And we will mention it from the perspective of the Prophet's statement. The Prophet said, حدثوا عن بني إسرائيل ولا حرج نبي الله محمد said that. لكن when we mention it, we are only mentioning it من بابي we mention it from the angle of من باب الاستشهاد تذكر للاستشهاد just as a witness but it's not an evidence for us we're not trying to say this is our evidence we're going to mention all of our evidences all of our delil and we'll say even Banu Israel before they used to believe this just as an as a extra point but it won't be our evidences that's what Ibn Taymiyyah mentioned Another final point that Shaykh al-Islam Taymiyyah concluded this part with is when you mention khilaf, what should you do? You're doing tafsir? There's a khilaf in the ayah. How do you do? How, what do you do here? Shaykh al-Islam Taymiyyah said, first of all, ayyuhal mufassir. He said, isti'abu al-aqwal al-manqula. Sit down, look at the ayah and bring all of the views on this ayah. Number one. Number two, you choose which one is right and you reject which of those opinions are wrong. The third thing that you do is The third thing is you mention the benefit of the differences here. The fa'idah and the benefit that was in it. Any person who doesn't do that Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah said then he's wasting his time in mentioning all of the difference of opinions. Are we all together, brothers? And Shaykh Al-Albani used to say, anyone who mentions opinions and does not strengthen one over the other is like a person who mentions so many different ahadiths and he doesn't strengthen one narration over the other. Hey, Muhammad, this one you read. I'm tired. Yeah? The first point is isti'abu aqwal al-manqulati fi tafsir You bring all of the views that are in this verse. La Israeliyat. The first one is ma'arimna sihata, that which we know is authenticity. The second is ma'arimna kalibahu, that which we know is fabricated and it was made. And the third one is ma'huwa maskutun anhu, that which we don't know, whether it's authentic or not. What do we do here? Some scholars, they take the statement of some, this is a difference of opinion. Why is there a difference of opinion? Because the Prophet said, so Umar, one day reading Torah, and he said, Ma Umar, Ya Umar, Umar, what is in your hand? And he said, Ya Rasul, I have the Torah in my hand. And then the Prophet he said to him, Ya Umar, Wallahi law kana Musa hayyan ma wasi'ahu illa an yattabi'ani. If Musa was alive, there would be no other path open for him except to follow me. And you're reading his scripture, 
and Umar put it down. So some of the scholars, they took from that, you don't, eat, you don't read Bani Salail and you abandon it. And some scholars, they said, no, it's allowed because of the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ where he said, Hadithu an Bani Israel wala haraj. Talk about the people of Bani Israel and there's no harm in it. So there's that difference. But what we say is, لا تصدقوه ولا تكذبوه. Don't believe them and don't disbelieve them. When I say that, I mean the third. Again, we mention it من باب الاستشهاد لا للاعتضاد. We mention it from the angle of just as a side point, but not as our main evidence. Our main evidence is what? The Quran and the Sunnah. That's our main evidence. And as a side point, you can add it on if you want to. There's no problem with that. فصل في تفسير القرآن بأقوال التابعين إذا لم تجد إذا لم تجد تفسير في القرآن تفسير في القرآن ولا في السنة ولا ولا وجدته عن الصحابة فقد رجع كثير من الأئمة في ذلك إلى أقوال التابعين كمجاهد بن جبر فإنه آية في التفسير كما قال محمد بن إسحاق حدثنا أبان بن أبان بن صالح عن مجاهد قال عرضت المصحف على ابن عباس ثلاث عرضات عرضات من فاتحته إلى خاتمته أوقفه عند كل آية منه وأسأله عنها وبه إلى وبه إلى الترمذي قال حدثنا الحسين بن مهدي مهدي البصري قال حدثنا عبد الرزاق عن 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 معمر عن قتادة عن قال مجاهد ما في القرآن آية إلا وقد سمعت فيها شيئا وبه إليه قال حدثنا حدثنا ابن أبي عمر قال حدثنا سفيان بن عيينة قال عن الأعمش قال قال مجاهد لو كنت قرأت لو كنت قرأت قراءة ابن مسعود لم أحتج أن أسأل ابن مسعود أن أسأل ابن عباس عن كثير من القرآن مما سألت وقال ابن جرير حدثنا أبو كريب قال حدثنا طلق طلق ابن غنام عن عثمان المكي عن أبي عن ابن أبي ملكة قال رأيت مجاهدا سأل ابن عباس عن تفسير القرآن ومعه ألواحه فيقول له ابن عباس أكتب ولا أكتب حتى سأله عن تفسير عن التفسير كله ولهذا كان سفيان الثوري يقول إذا جاءك التفسير تفسير عن مجاهد فحسوك به وكسعيد بن وكسعيد بن جبير وعكرمة مولى بن عباس وعطاء بن أبي ريب أرباح والحسن والحسن البصري ومسروق بن الأجدع وسعيد بن وسعيد بن المسيب وبالعالية والربيع بن أنس وقتادة والضحاك والضحاك بن مزاحم وغيره من التابعين وتابعيهم ومن بعد فتذكر أقوال أقوالهم في الآية فيقع في عبارة في عباراتهم تباين في الألفاظ يحسب يحسب يحسبها 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 من لا علم عنده من لا عنده اختلافا فيحكيها أقوالا وليس كذلك فإن منهم من يعبر عن شيء عن الشيء بلازمه أو نظيره ومنهم من ينص على الشيء بعينه والكل والكل بمعنى واحد في كثير من الاماكن من الاماكن فليتفطن فليتفطن اللبيب لذلك والله الهادي 
وقال شعب وقال شعبة بن الحجاج وغيره أقوال التابعين في الفروع ليست حجة فكيف تكون حجة حجة في التفسير؟ يعني أنها لا تكون حجة على غيرهم ممن خالفهم وهذا صحيح إما إذا اجتمعوا على الشيء فلا يرتاب فلا يرتاب في كونه حجة فإن اختلفوا فلا يكون قول بعض فلا يكون قول بعضهم حجة على بعض ولا على من ولا على من بعدهم ويرجع في ذلك إلى اللغة القرآن أو السنة أو عموم لغة العرب أو أو أقوال الصحابة في ذلك فأما التفسير القرآن بمجرد بمجرد الرأي فحرام، حدثنا مؤمل أو حدثنا مؤمل مؤمل حدثنا سفيان حدثنا عبد 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 الأعلى عن سعيد بن جبير عن عن ابن عباس قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم سلم من قال في القرآن بغير علم فليتبوأ مقعده من النار. حدثنا وكيع حدثنا سفيان عن عن عبد الله عن عبد الاعلى عن عبد الاعلى الثعلبي عن سعيد بن جبير عن ابن عباس قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم من قال في القران بغير بغير علم فليتبوأ مقعده من النار وبه الى الترمذي قال حدثنا عبد عبد بن حميد قال حدثنا حبان بن هلال قال حدثنا سهيل اخو حزام القطعي قال حدث قال حدثنا ابو عمران الجوني عن جندب عن عن جندب قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم من قال في القران برايه فاصاب فقد اخطا قال الترمذي وهذا الحديث غريب وقد تكلم بعض اهل الحديث في سهيل بن ابي حزم ابي حزم وهكذا روى بعض بعض اهل العلم عن اصحاب النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وغيرهم انه شددوا في ان ان يفسر يفسر القران قران بغير علم، واما الذي روي عن مجاهد وقتاده وغيرهما من اهل العلم انهم فسروا القران فليس الظن بهم انهم قالوا في القران او فسروه بغير علم او من او من او من او من قبل انفسهم. وقد روي عنهم ما يدل ما يدل على ما قلنا وانهم لم يقولوا من قبل انفسهم بغير علم فمن قال في القران برايه قد تكلف ولا او ما لا علم له به وسلك وسلك غير ما ما امر به فلو انه اصاب المعنى في نفس الامر لكان لكان قد اخطا لا لانه لم ياتي لانه لم ياتي الامر من بابه كمن حكم بين بين الناس من عن عن جهل فهو في النار وإن وافق وإن وافق حكمه الصواب صواب في نفس الأمر لكن لكن يكون أخف أخف جرما ممن أخطأ والله أعلم وهكذا سمى الله تعالى القذفة كاذبين فقال إي فإذ لم يأتوا بالشهاد فإذ لم يأتوا بالشهداء فأولئك عند الله هم الكاذبون فالقاذف فالقاذف كاذب ولو كان قد قذف من زنا من زنا في نفس الامر لانه اخبر ما لم يحل له الاخبار به وتكلف ما لا علم له به والله اعلم ولهذا ولهذا تحرج جماعه من السلف عن تفسير ما لا علم لهم به كما كما روى شعبته عن سليمان عن عبد الله بن مرة عن ابي معمر عن ابي معمر قال قال ابو بكر الصديق اي ارض تقل تقلني واي سماء تظلني واذا قلت في كتاب الله ما ما لم اعلم وقال ابو عبيد القاسم قاسم بن سلام سلا من حدثنا محمد
سلام حدثنا حدثنا محمد بن يزيد عن عن العوام بن حوشب عن إبراهيم التيمي عن أن أبا بكر الصديق سئل عن قوله وفاكهة وأبا فقال أي سماء تظلني وأي أرض تقلني أين أنا قلت في كتاب الله ما لا أعلم منقطع وقال أبو عبيد أيضا حدثنا يزيد عن حميد عن أنس أن عمر بن الخطاب قرأ على على المنبر وفاكهة وأبا فقال هذه الفاكهة قد عرفناها وما فما هو الأب ثم رجع إلى نفسه فقال إن هذا لهو تكلف يا عمر وقال عبد وقال عبد وقال عبد بن حميد حدثنا سليمان سليمان بن حرب قال حدثنا حماد بن زيد عن ثابت عن أنس قال كنا عند عمر بن الخطاب وفي ظهر قميصه أربع رقاع فقرأ فقرأ وفاكهة وأبا فقال وما الأب فقال إن هذا لهو التكلف فما عليك ألا تدريه وهذا كله محمول على أن على أنهما رضي الله عنهما أنما أراد استكشاف ماهية الأب وإلا فإلا وإلا فكونه نبتا من الأرض ظاهرا لا 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 يجهل لقوله تعالى فأنبتنا فيها حبا وعنبا وقضبا وزيتونا ونخلا وحدائك غلبا وقال ابن جرير حدثنا يعقوب بن إبراهيم قال حدثنا ابن علي تقاء عن أيوب عن عن ابن أبي مليكة عن ابن عباس سئل عن آية لو سئل عنها بعضكم لقال فيها فأبى أن يقول فيها إسناده صحيح وقال أبو عبيد حدثنا إسماعيل بن إبراهيم عن أيوب عن ابن أبي مليكة قال سأل رجل, عن رجل, رجل ابن عباس عن يوم كان مقداره ألف سنة فقال ابن عباس فما يوم كان مقداره خمسين ألف سنة فقال الرجل إنما, إنما, إنما سألتك إنما سألتك لتحدثني فيها فقال ابن عباس هما يومان ذكر ذكرهما ذكره ذكرهما الله في كتابه والله أعلم بهما فكره أن يقول في كتاب الله ما لا يعلم وقال ابن جرير حدثني حدثني يعقوب بن إبراهيم قال حدثنا ابن علية عن مهدي بن ميمون عن عن الوليد بن مسلم عن قال جاء طل جاء طلق طلق بن حبيب الى جندب الى جندب بن عبد الله فساله عن ايه من القران فقال احرج عليك عليك ان كنت مسلما لم قمت عني او قال الا انت جالسني وقال مالك عن يحيى بن عن يحيى بن سعيد عن سعيد بن المسيب انه كان اذا سئل عن تفسير آية من القرآن قال إنا لا نقول في القرآن شيئا وقالت وقال الليث عن يحيى بن سعيد عن سعيد بن المسيب انه كان لا يتكلم إلا في إلا في المعلوم من القرآن وقال شعيبة وقال شعبة وقال شعبة عن عمرو بن مرة عن مرة قال سأل رجل سأل رجل سعيد بن المسيب عن آية من القرآن فقال لا تسألني عن القرآن وسل من من يزعم أنه يخفى عليه لا يخفى عليه منه شيء يعني أكرم وقال ابن وقال ابن شوذب حدثني يزيد بن أبي يزيد قال قال كنا نسأل سعيد بن المسيب عن عن الحلال عن الحلال والحرام وكان أعلم الناس فإذا سألناه عن تفسير آية من القرآن سكت كأن لم يسمع 
وقال ابن جرير حدثنا أحمد بن عبدة الضبي وقال حدثنا حماد بن زيد قال حدثنا عبيد الله بن عمر قال لقد أدركت فقهاء المدينة وإنهم ليعذبون القول في قول في التفسير منهم سالم بن سالم بن عبد الله والقاسم بن محمد وسعيد بن مسيب ونافع وقال أبو عبيد حدثنا عبد الله بن عبد الله بن صالح عن الليث عن هشام بن عروة قال سمعت قال ما سمعت أبي أبي تأول أبي تأول آية آية من كتاب الله فقط من كتاب الله قط وعن أيوب وعن أبي أيوب وابن عون وهشام الدستو استوائي عن عن محمد بن سيرين قال سألت عبيدة السلماني عن آية من القرآن فقال ذهب الذين كانوا يعلمون فيما أنزل فيما أنزل من القرآن فاتق الله عليك بالسداد وقال أبو عبيد حدثنا معاذ عن أبن عن عون عن عن عبيد عن عبيد الله بن مسلم بن يسار عن أبيه قال إذا حد قال إذا حدثت عن الله عن الله فقف حتى حتى تنظر حتى تنظر من قبله ومن بعد وما بعده حدثنا حدثنا هشيم عن مغير عن مغيرة عن 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 إبراهيم قال كان أصحابه يتقون التفسير ويهابونه وقال شعبة عن عبد الله بن أبي السفر قال قال الشعبي والله ما من آية إلا وقد سألت عنها ولكنها الرواية عن الله وقال أبو عبيد وقال أبو عبيد حدثنا هشيم قال أنبأ أنبأنا عمر عمر بن أبي زائد عن الشعبي عن مسروق قال اتقت قال اتقت تفسيرا فإنما هو الرواية عن الله فهذه الآثار الصحيحة وما شاكل وما شاكلها عن أئمة السلف محمولة محمولة عن عن تحرجهم عن الكلام في التفسير بما لا علم لهم به فأما من تكلم بما يعلم من ذلك لغة وشرعا فلا حرج عليه ولهذا روي عن هؤلاء وغيرهم أقوال في التفسير ولا منافاة لأنهم لأنهم تكلموا فيما علموا وسكتوا عما جهلوه وهذا هو الواجب على كل وعلى كل أحد فإنه كما يجب السكوت سكوت عما لا علم له به فكذلك يجب القول قول فيما سئل عنه مما مما يعلمه لقوله تعالى لتبين للناس ولا تكتمونه ولما جاء في الحديث المروي من طرق من سئل عن علم فكتم فكتمه ألجم يوم القيامة بلجام من النار وقال ابن, وقال ابن جرير حدثنا محمد بن بشار, بن بشار حدثنا مؤمل حدثنا سفيان عن أبي زناد قال قال ابن, قال ابن عباس التفسير على أربعة, على أربعة أوجه وجه تعرف وجه تعرفه العرب ومن من من كلامهم وتفسير لا يعذر لا يعذر احد بجهاله بجهالته وتفسير يعلمه العلماء وتفسير لا يعلمه الا الله تعالى ذكره والله سبحانه وتعالى اعلم the author رحمه الله concludes the kitab with the speech of the tafsir of the tabi'in
And this is the last point of where you take the tafsir back to. You take the tafsir to the tabi'een. The tabi'een are who? The students of the companions. And the tafsir of the tabi'een is divided into two. The tafsir of the tabi'een is divided into two. Mattafaqu alayhi. That which they agreed upon amongst themselves. Mattafaqu alayhi walam yakhtalifu fi. There's no dispute amongst themselves. They have only one opinion regarding the tafsir of this ayah. فَلَا يُرْتَابُ فِي كَوْنِهِ حُجَّةِ There is no dispute that this is a proof now. They all agreed, right? If they all agreed on something, this becomes a hujjah we have to follow. Okay? Because this enters under jinsi al-ijma'at. It falls under consensus that we need to follow. This is a unanimous agreement. We have to follow it. And it falls under the eye of man yushakikir rasoola min ba'di ma tabayyana lahu al-huda wa yattabi' ghayra sabiil al-mu'minin an wallihi ma tawalla wa nuslihi jannam wa sa'at masira. The second one is makhtalafu fihi. They differ amongst themselves. They all have different opinions. Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah said la yakunu qawlu ba'dihim hujjatun ala ba'din. They don't become a proof against each other. You strengthen whichever of those is closest to the evidence. Are we all together? لا يكون قول بعضهم حجة على على بعض. Some is not a proof over the other. But some scholars they say yes, there is. Tafsir ibn Abbas and Ahlu Mecca takes precedence over the Tafsir of Ahlu Medina. Some scholars they say that, and some scholars they say لا لا. They are not proof against each other. They are not proof against each other. Then Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah spoke about did the tabi'een do tafsir based upon opinions? Al-ra'i? Will they do tafsir of the Qur'an based on their opinions? The view of the Salaf when it came to the Qur'an based on opinions is three views. Thalathatu aqwalam. Thalathatu madahib. The Salaf when it comes to tafsir bil-ra'i they have three opinions. The first one is They spoke it. Some of them spoke based on their opinion. And by the way, we'll expand on what we mean by opinion and what is meant by it. Some of them, they spoke about a verse based on opinion. We can't reject. You are going to sometimes see some of them say their opinions regarding a verse. The second one is them with tafsir al-Qur'an bil-ra'i. A group of them, they didn't allow it. Like what we saw, Sa'id ibn al-Musayyib, when he was asked about a verse, and he was told to explain what this verse means, he said to them, لا تسألوني عن القرآن. Don't ask me about the Qur'an. وَاسْأَلْ مَنْ يَزْعُمُ أَنَّهُ لَا يَخْفَى عَلَيْهِ مِنْهُ شَيْءٍ Go to the one who claims he knows the whole Qur'an and he knows the tafsir of the whole Qur'an. يعني عكرمة. He's referring to go to Ikrima. Ikrima every time thinks he knows the tafsir of every ayah. Go to him. So some of them were not for it. Amr ibn Murrah said that this is how Sufyan ibn, uh, sorry, Sa'id ibn Musayyab was like. The third opinion is They wasn't saying it's no and they weren't saying it's yes but they were very scared. And it's the one that was transmitted to us from Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu when he said أَيُّ السَّمَاءُ تُظِلُّنِي وَأَيُّ أَرْضٍ 
تقلني إن أنا قلت على الله ما لا أعلم which sky is going to shade me and which earth is going to hold me if I say about Allah that which I have no knowledge of being very concerned and scared and what I can say to you all is وَلَا تَعَارُضَ بَيْنَهُمْ بِحَمْدِ اللَّهِ وَمِنَّتِهِ these three views that I just mentioned there is no conflict why? because the ra'i, the opinion is two types the first one is called ra'yun sahihun mahmudun it's a praiseworthy opinion what is a praiseworthy opinion? Ah, this is the question right? it is when two things are present simultaneously this is a praiseworthy opinion on the Quran the word can carry that meaning and other external evidences support this this is a good opinion then the word can take that meaning and there is other evidences for it no problem this tafsir is no problem now the second type of tafsir of ra'i is called ra'iyun batilun madhmum it's not praiseworthy. Ah, it's not praiseworthy. This word cannot carry that meaning. Where in the Arabic language can the word in Allah How can Baqarah be a human being? La any cannot say that. Are you with me, brothers? Before we even go into the filthy belief that it comes from, but that word can never mean that. Are we all together? And there's no evidences for it. Aslan. Then the Shaykh Rahimullah he concluded this with the statement of Ibn Abbas. Ibn Abbas said that tafsir is four types. Ibn Abbas said that tafsir is four types. The first one is kalamiha. The Arabs they know it and what it means. The Arabs know what it means. Ashamsu wal qamaru wal nahar. They know that. You don't need to look at aqwal salaf from what a layl and a shamsu and al qamaru means. Ta'rifu al Arab, Arabs they know this from their language. The second is la yu'dharu ahadun bi jahalatihi. No one is excused for having ignorance of this. Such as ya alladhina amanu kutiba alaykum as kama kutiba ala alladhina min qablikum la'allakum tattaqun. Everyone has to know what this ayah means. Everyone needs to know what it means. Everyone needs to know what it means. Because you're going to pray. You have to know what it means. The tafsir of that ayah, you have to know it. Ah. Number three is, The scholars are the only ones who know it. The third type of tafsir is, No one knows it except the ulama. And the fourth one is, Allah knows it only. And this is the huruful muqatta'a in the Quran. Huruful muqatta'a meaning alif la mimen, sad and noon and kalam, sorry, noon and hamim and ayn sin qaf and all these huruf muqatta'a only Allah knows. Mimma sta'athar Allahu bi'ilmihi. Allah kept the knowledge of those verses. We don't know what it means. Even that though Ibn Kathir mentions in the tafsir of Surah Al-Baqarah, alif la mim, he mentions that Ibn Taymiyyah and Abu al-Hajjaj al-Mizzi both of them they said Alif Lam Mim we don't know what it means but we know the wisdom behind it 
the wisdom behind alif lam mim and sad and hamim and noon and qaf is to make the arabs feel weak the quran is in the alphabets that you know you know alif lam and mim you know sad you know noon you know qaf it's in those letters and you're unable to come with it that's what ibn taymiyyah said it and abu al-hajjaj al-mizi they're not saying they know what it means but they know the wisdom of its presence and that's a, that's something different from them saying that they know what it means so let's conclude quickly let's conclude the book what we took is when it comes to doing the tafsir of the quran it is done in the following way number one tafsir al-qur'ani bil quran that we do tafsir of the quran with the quran and we said the tafsir of the Qur'an with the Qur'an is two types. Nas. And the second one is Zahir. Nas means clear cut. Okay? And we gave the example of Wasama'i wa tariq wa ma'adalaka ma tariq and najmu thaqib. And Zahir, we, made, we brought the ayah Amma yatasa'aloon anin naba il azim. What is naba il azim? We said in Surah Al-Sad, Allah says, Qul huwa naba il azim. And Allah is referring to the Quran. The second way that we do the tafsir is based upon tafsir al Qurani bighayrihi. Let's make it even other than the Quran. Are we all together? And the tafsir of the Quran, other than the Quran, is two types. The first one is tafsir al Qurani. By textual evidences, by text, other than the Quran. Here, what falls under it is a Sunnah, we put it all in there. And the second one is Tafsir of the Quran based on opinions and observation and looking at it. And we said this one is imma mahmudun wa imma madmumun. Praiseworthy or blameworthy. And we said that the praiseworthy is mahtamalahu lafdu wa qama alayhi dalilu. And the one that's not praiseworthy we said is ma la yahtamiluhu lafdu wa la qama alayhi dalilu. Wabihada nakunu kad faragna min sharhi hadal kitab. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Subhanak Allahumma bihamdik Ashadu an la ilaha illallah Astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk We're going to do the next kitab inshallah ta'ala We have 45 minutes We're going to do the kitab Al-Arba'oon al-Nawawiyyah Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen Lahu alhamdul hasan Wa al-thana'u al-jameel Wa ashadu an la ilaha illallah Wahdahu la sharika lah Wa ashadu anna sayyidina wa nabiyyana Muhammad صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه والتابعين لهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين أما بعد نعم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحديث الأول عن أمير المؤمنين أبي حفص عمر بن خطاب رضي الله عنه قال سمعت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول إنما الأعمال بالنيات وإنما لكل امرئ ما نوى فمن كانت هجرته إلى الله ورسوله فهجرته إلى الله ورسوله ومن كانت هجرته إلى الدنيا إلى دنيا يصيبها أو امرأة ينكحها فهجرته إلى ما هاجر إليه رواه إمام 
إمام المحدثين أبو عبد الله محمد محمد بن إسماعيل بن إبراهيم بن المغيرة بن بردذب بردذب البخاري الجعفي وأبو الحسين مسلم مسلم بن ابن الحجاج بن مسلم القرشي القشيري النيسابوري في صحيحما في صحيحيهما في صحيحيهما الذين الذين هما هما أصح الكتب المصنفة. إن شاء الله تعالى وتناقنا استاذ كتاب الأربعون النووية the forty hadith of الإمام النووي رحمه الله. This kitab is authored by the Imam النووي أبو زكريا شرف الدين بن مرح النووي رحمه الله. This kitab consists of forty two hadiths. But it's called Arba'oon al-Nawawiyya, 40 hadiths. Min bab tajawuzan. The Arabs, what they do is, they round it off. It's 42, you just round it off to the closest. And so you say 40 hadiths. This 42 hadiths, they are jawamu'ul kalim. Summarized hadiths, powerful in meaning. Many benefits are in it. But we won't be able to take so much benefits out each of every hadith. So we're only going to do ta'liqat. We're just going to bring out some benefits out of it. We're not going to do sharah mutawwal. We're going to do a sharah which is mukhtasar. Summarized explanation, inshallah ta'ala. The first hadith is hadith Umar radiallahu anhu. This hadith, Bukhari narrated it in his sahih. And he said, hadathana al-humaydiyu Abdullah ibn Zubayr. Bukhari narrated the hadith, innama al-amalu binyat. Seven places in his Sahih. Seven places. And it's the first hadith he started his kitab with. And he narrated it from his teacher, Al-Humaydiyu Abdullah ibn Zubayrin. And Al-Imam Al-Bukhari, the reason why he brought this hadith as the first hadith. And Nawawiyu also brought it as the first hadith. And Abdul Ghani ibn Abdul Wahid Al-Maqdisi in the kitab, Umdatul Ahkam, he made this the first hadith. And also, Nawawi made it in Riyadh al-Salihin, the first hadith, is because all of these scholars, they were talking to themselves and they were saying to themselves, perfect your intention. Do this for the sake of Allah. Don't have anyone else in your heart. Anything that you do for Allah will go on and it will reach somewhere. And anything that you do for your own sake or you do it for worldly matters, it won't last. So it was them talking to themselves, saying to themselves, have good intention. And also talking to the one who's going to read the hadith, perfect your intention. Are we all together? Imam al-Shafi'i, he said, this hadith, Allahu Akbar, he said, hadith Umar yadkhulu fi sab'ina baba min abwaab al-fiqh. Shafi'i, he said that this hadith will enter 70 chapters of fiqh, meaning it's a big hadith. Are we all together? What is it? It's very big. Bukhari narrated this in his sahih, and I want you guys to write this down because I'm not going to do it for the other hadith, but I'm going to tell you the sanad, the chain of the hadith. Umar is the person who narrated it from the Prophet. Who narrated it from Umar? Al-Qamah ibn Abi Waqas al-Layfi. 
Who narrated it from Al-Qamah ibn Abi Waqas al-Layfi, Muhammad ibn Ibrahim al-Taymi? Who narrated from Muhammad ibn Ibrahim al-Taymi? Yahya ibn Sa'id al-Ansari. And Yahya ibn Sa'id al-Ansari, from him 200 people narrated it. Al-Awza'i, Abdullah ibn Mubarak, Ma'mar ibn Rashid, Yahya, Humaydi, Abdullah ibn Sufyan ibn Uyayna, Sufyan al-Thawri, Malik ibn Anas. 200 people ibn Rajab said narrated it from him. But before that, it's a hadith which is called gharib. Only one, 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 one. Before that. Am I making sense? Huh? The Senad is Umar radiallahu anhu is the one who narrated it from the Prophet. Only Umar. There's no other Sahabi you're going to find this hadith for. Other hadith you find Umar, Umar narrating it, Abu Huraira narrating it, Aisha narrating it. But this hadith, only person who narrated it from the Prophet is Umar. Best. No one else. And no one else narrated it from Umar other than Al-Qamah ibn Abi Waqas al-Layfi. And no one else narrated it from Al-Qamah other than Muhammad ibn Ibrahim al-Taymi. And no one narrated from Muhammad ibn Ibrahim al-Taymi other than Yahya ibn Sa'id al-Ansari. From Yahya ibn Sa'id al-Ansari, the hadith became 200. That's when it became large in number. Am I making sense? Or am I talking to myself? Yeah? We're all on the same page. The reason why I'm telling you this is because this hadith is a very important hadith and you should know it's Senate. The hadith is Inna al-A'malu bin-Niyat. Some of the riwayat says Inna al-A'malu bin-Niyat, not bin-Niyat. So some of the riwayat is Inna al-A'malu bin-Niyat. And some of the riwayat say what? Bin-Niyat. What does that mean? It means the word Inna in the Arabic grammar, Nahu, Inna is min adawat al-Hasr. إثبات الحكم للمذكور ونفيه عما عداه إنما is in English called write this down it's important you should write this down إنما is exclusivity if I loosely translate it إنما is what? exclusivity it means actions are not based on anything whatsoever except that which you intended all your actions are based on what you intended. You can do good if you want to. If the intentions are not good, there's no good for you. Everything Allah is just going to look at your intention. means, And the reward is in accordance to that intention. Huh? We have two jumla. The first sentence, إِنَّمَا الْعَمَالُ بِالنِّيَاتِ Every action is what is intended by it. وَإِنَّمَا لِكُلِّ مْرِئٍ مَا نَوَى means and you will be rewarded for the intention that you came with. When the Prophet said this, he gave example. What did he give? He gave a mithal hay, a good example so the people can understand. And from this hadith, we learn how to teach. How to teach. You first of all give the principle and then you give examples for the people to understand the principle. إِنَّمَا الْعَمَالُ بِالنِّيَاتِ وَإِنَّمَا لِكُلِّ مْرِئِ مَا نَوَى إِذَا قَاعِدَ قَاعِدَ كُلِّيَّةٌ مُطَّرِدَةٌ But then it needs example. And the Prophet ﷺ had chosen example. What was the example he chose? فَمَنْ كَانَتْ هِجْرَتُهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ فَهِجْرَتُهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ وَمَنْ كَانَتْ هِجْرَتُهُ لِدُنْيَا يُصِيبُهَا أَوْ امْرَأَةٍ يَنْكِعُهَا And some of the riwayat says, أَوْ امْرَأَةٍ يَتَزَوَّجُهَا فَهِجْرَتُهُ إِلَى مَا هَاجَرَ إِلَيْهِ Muhammad ibn Ismail ibn Ibrahim ibn Mughirat ibn Bardizbat al-Ju'fiyu mawlahum. Wal-Imam Muslim ibn Abu al-Husayn Muslim ibn Husayn ibn Muslim ibn al-Qushayriyu al-Naysaburiyu 
في صحيحيهما اللذين هما أصح الكتب المصنفة. The Prophet here said what? Every individual is going to get rewarded in accordance to their intention. And the Prophet gave us an example. A person, he done hijrah. He migrated. فَمَنْ كَانَتْ هِجْرَتُهُ فَمَنْ كَانَتْ هِجْرَتُهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ This person is migrating for Allah and his messenger. They left a land and they did it for the sake of Allah. Write this down. وَالْهِجْرَةُ عَلَى ثَلَاثَةَ أَنْوَاحِ The hijr is three types. Number one. هِجْرَةُ مِنْ بَلَدِ الْكُفْرِ إِلَى بَلَدِ الْإِسْلَامِ The first hijrah is you migrate from the land of the disbelievers and you migrate to the land of the believers. That's hijrah. The second one is hijratu min amali su when you leave bad actions. The second one is what? To do hijrah from bad actions. And the evidence for that is the Prophet said, Wal muhajiru man hajara ma nahallahu anhu. Wal muhajiru man hajara ma nahallahu anhu. Hijrah, a muhajir is the one who does hijrah from that which Allah prohibited. That's a hijrah. From bad actions. And the third one is hajrul fusaqi wal mubtadi'in. Boycotting the criminals, the wrongdoers, and the innovators. You boycott them. You don't sit with alcohol, alcoholics, people who are evil, murderers. You don't sit with these people. You boycott them. You do hijrah from them. So the hijrah can be three of those. The last one, the evidence for that is, وَإِذَا رَأَيْتَ الَّذِينَ يَخُوضُونَ فِي آيَاتِنَا فَعَارِضْ عَنْهُمْ حَتَّى يَخُوضُوا فِي حَدِيثٍ غَيْرِ إِنَّكُمْ إِذَا مِثْلُهُمْ If you see bad people sitting somewhere and they are talking about something, فَعَارِضْ عَنْهُمْ Turn away from them. Don't be with them. These are the three types of hijrah. Like in the hadith here, it's talking about hijrah, يعني مِن بَلَدِ الْكُفْرِ إِلَى بَلَدِ الْإِسْلَام are we all together? مِن بَلَدِ الْكُفْرِ إِلَى إِلَى بَلَدِ الْإِسْلَامِ You do migrate from the land of the disbelievers and you, land, you migrate to where? To the land, from the disbelievers to the land of the believers. Now. عن عمر عن عمر رضي الله عنه أيضا قال بينهما بينما نحن جلوس عند رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ذات يوم إذا طلع علينا إذ طلع علينا رجل شديد شديد بياض بياض الثياب شديد سواد الشعر لا يرى عليه أثر السفر ولا يعرفه منا أحد حتى جلس إلى النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فأسند ركبتيه إلى ركبتيه ووضع كفيه على فقذيه وقال يا محمد أخبرني عن الإسلام فقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم الإسلام أن تشهد أن تشهد لا إله إلا الله وأن محمد رسول الله وتقيم وتقيم الصلاة وتؤتي الزكاة وتصوم رمضان وتحج البيت إن استطعت إن استطعت إليه سبيلا قال صدثت فعجب فعجبني فعجبنا له يسأل يسأله ويصدقه قال فأخبرني عن الإيمان قال أن تؤمن بالله وملائكته وكتبه ورسله واليوم الآخر وتؤمن بالقدر خيره وشره قال صدقت قال فأخبرني عن الإحسان قال أن تعبد الله كأنك ترى فإن لم تكن تراه فإنه يراك قال فأخبرني عن الساعه 
قال ما المسؤول ما المسؤول عنها بأعلم من السائل قال فأخبرني عن عن أمراتها قال أن تلد الأمة رب ربتها ربتها وأن ترى الحفات حفات العرات العالة رعاء الشاء يتطاولون في في البنيان قال ثم انطلق فلبثت مليئا ثم قال مليا ثم قال يا عمر أتدري من السائل قلت الله ورسوله أعلم قال فإنه جبريل أتاكم يعلمكم دينكم رواه المسلم The author, Imam Al-Nawiyu, now he says وعن عمر بن الخطاب رضي الله تعالى عنه أيضا عمر رضي الله عنه عمر's kunya is Abu Hafs This Hafs is not from his daughter Hafsa رضي الله تعالى عنها Okay, it wasn't, the kunya didn't come from there, okay a lot of people think that. Why did he say, وعن عمر رضي الله عنه أيضا? Why did the author say أيضا? Because the first hadith was who? It was Umar as well. Umar رضي الله عنه narrated this hadith. بينما نحن جلوس عند رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ذات يوم إذ طلع علينا رجل شديد بياض الثياب شديد سواد الشعر لا يرى عليه أثر السفر ولا يعرفه منا أحد حتى جلس إلى النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فأسند ركبتيه إلى ركبتيه ووضع كفيه على فخذيه وقال يا محمد أخبرني عن الإسلام We were sitting with the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم and as you were sitting with him a man came بينما نحن جلوس عند رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم this hadith, it's from the ahadith mimman farada muslimun anil Bukhari. This hadith Bukhari did not narrate. Who narrated this hadith? Muslim. Lakin Bukhari has this hadith min hadith Abi Huraira. Slightly different wording. Lakin Umar, only Muslim narrated it. So this is called Ifradul Muslim anil Bukhari. The hadith which Bukhari and Muslim are not together on. The first hadith, who narrated it? Bukhari and? Muslim. Like in this hadith, hadith Umar only Muslim narrated it. Only Al-Imam Muslim narrated it in his Sahih. I just want to mention something here. Bukhari's book is the most authentic book after the book of Allah. After the Quran, Sahih Bukhari is the most authentic book. Are we all together? It is the most authentic book. Pay attention to that. ولذلك the poet he said وأول من ألف وأول من وأول من صنف في الصحيح محمد وخص بالترجيح the unique thing about Imam al-Bukhari and some people think that all of our hadiths go back to Bukhari they think that right oh you guys always narrate Bukhari only before Bukhari there were scholars who wrote hadiths but why do we give so much importance to Bukhari is because لم يشترط الصحة no one conditioned authenticity before Bukhari. He was the first person to say, I'm going to write an authentic book. Before him, they were writing, but they weren't conditioning authenticity. Before him, Abdul Razak ibn Hammam al-Sanani authored. Ma'amar ibn Rashid authored. Awza'i authored. Sufyan ibn Uyayna authored it. Malik ibn Anas. He has a muatta. Shafi'i has a musnad. Ahmad ibn Hanbal has a musnad. Are we all together? Books were written before Bukhari. They were there, they were present. Lakin Bukhari said, Amma ana, as for me, they're all going to be sahih. Okay? 
I'm not going to write any hadiths which are weak in my, in my book. And so he brought all of the hadiths which were sahih according to him. But he didn't write all of the hadiths that are authentic in his sahih. There's two, do you guys understand that point? Bukhari brought the hadiths which are sahih in his book. But he didn't bring all of the hadiths which are sahih out there, he didn't bring in his book. He left some he believed to be sahih, but he didn't bring in them in his sahih. Are we all together? An example for that is the first hadith in Bulugh al-Maram. Hadith Abu Huraira. Radiallahu ta'ala anhu fi amri al-bahri. Huwa al-tahuru ma'uhu al-hillu maytatu. Abu Dawood and um, al-Nasai and Tirmidhi and Ibn Majah and Ibn Abi Shayba. They narrated it. Ahmed authenticated it. Bukhari authenticated it. Ma'adhalika he never narrated it in his what? In his sahih. Which one is better, Bukhari or Muslim? Bukhari is better in authenticity. And Muslim is better in terms of structure. Muslim is better, more, more structured than Bukhari. I mean, it's well written, organized. Muslim. Bukhari, lakin, is more authentic, more stronger in authenticity. Are we all together? Why is Muslim one more? Why is Imam Muslim Sahih more structured than Bukhari? Huh? That's a good point. Are you? Bukhari wrote his sahih fi athna'is safar. He was traveling. He was writing them on the go. As he, would, as he traveled the world and he collected the hadiths, he was writing it. Muslim wrote it in his house, within his library, in his comfort. Are we all together, brothers? And so that's why his sahih came well organized than Bukhari. The hadith Abu Huraira, uh, hadith uh, Umar radiallahu anhu, he said that we were sitting with the Prophet one day and a man came in. Shadidu bayat al-thiyab. His clothing is very white. Shadidu sawad al-sha'r. His hair is very black. Are you question? Why is he mentioning all of this to us? Why is he mentioning whether, why his clothes is white? The reason is because this man, number one, as, gonna, as he's going to mention later, no one knew who he was. So he's an outsider. So he's most likely not from Medina, he's from somewhere else. And his clothes is white, means, how did he travel? He should have had dirty clothes. And his hair, the dust, should have changed the color of his hair. As we're going to see later, the person who came was Jibril. Jibril used to come in three forms. Write this down. Jibril used to come in three ways number one 
he used to come in the form of an angel. In the form of an angel. And the Prophet saw Jibreel in his form. The second one is he used to come in the form of a Bedouin man. And the third one was he used to come in the form of a companion by the name of Dihya al Kilbi. Jibreel used to come in his form. Dihya al Kilbi, rahimahullah, radiallahu ta'ala. Jibreel used to come in his form. Just Dihya, his form. The reason they said he used to come in his form, in Imam Dhabi mentioned it, is because Dihya was a very handsome man. Two of the Prophet's companions were very handsome. Dihya and Jarir ibn Abdullah al-Bajali. Jarir ibn Abdullah al-Bajali was a very handsome companion. And also Dihya radiallahu anhu was a what? was a very handsome companion. And the angels are very beautiful. The angels are what? Angels are very beautiful. Yeah? Remember when they saw Nabi Yusuf, what did they say? Mada bashara. In hada illa malakun kareem. Why did they say that? This man, Yusuf, is not a bashar. He's not a what? He's not a human being. What is he? He's a bashar. He's malak. What, what do they mean? Because the angels are what? They're beautiful. And who's ugly? The shayateen. Sah? The shayateen are a very ugly creation. Sah? True, true or false? Even in the cartoons when we were young, the cartoons we watched. Yeah. The shayateen always had ugly head, spiky and the angels are always shown as a beautiful thing. But like that's what Allah says, طَلْعُهَا كَأَنَّهُ رُؤُسٌ رُؤُسُ الشَّيَاطِينَ Why did Allah say رُؤُسُ الشَّيَاطِينَ Did anyone of us here see رُؤُسُ الشَّيَاطِينَ طَلْعُهَا كَأَنَّهُ رُؤُسُ الشَّيَاطِينَ Have you ever seen the رُؤُسُ الشَّيَاطِينَ Huh? Has anyone seen it? No, because Allah is saying to us, it's ugly. And we all know it's ugly. That's what Allah wants us to take in. But we haven't seen Ru'usu Shayateen. Ala kulli hal, Jibreel came, this man came who was Jibreel. So when he walked in, Umar radiallahu anhu said, he walked on to us, or he came, his clothing was white, his beard and his head and his hair was black. La yura alayhi athar safar Question here. He already told us that the hair was black. And he told us that his clothing was white. What significance is in there for Umar to say, Wala yura alayhi atharu safar? These two are already clear that he's that he doesn't seem like a traveller. Am I making sense in my question? His hair is black, his clothing is white. That's clear that he's the signs of a traveller is not present on him. What significance did Umar mention? لا يرى عليه أثر السفر. هيا.
Umar wouldn't know that if he lives in Medina or not. He doesn't know. He thinks he's a traveler. Bis. Hey, yeah. Huh? First of all, do you all understand the question I asked? The question is, Umar said this man's hair is black. And his clothing is white. These two show and indicate that he's not a traveler. And the signs of a traveler doesn't show on him. True or false? Huh? Why did then Umar after that say, La athar safar? The signs of a traveler is not seen on him. He just mentioned two things that a sign of a traveler isn't shown on him. What's the significance of this statement of Umar? Ah, yeah? There has to be a ride outside. Or there has to be something with him. Uh -huh. Umar wouldn't know because he's just looking at him now. Now. He doesn't know what's outside Umar. Umar is looking at this man and he's saying, La yura ali athar safar. Ah, yeah? Like what example? No. Are you? No. No, no, no. Are you? No. Brothers, I'll say it. He wasn't tired. He wasn't fatigued when he came in. Energetic. And Ibn Daqiq pointed that out. La yura safaru means he was not tired when he walked in. He was someone who had energy. And this is the, how the angels are. When they come in the form of a human being, they can't come as tired. And they can't even eat if they come in the form of a human being. There are some characteristics of the angels that don't change. Are we all together, brothers? Angels don't get tired and they don't eat or drink. Nabiullah Musa faqarrabahum ilayhi Remember when they came to him as a guest? He brought the food close to them and he said, eat. Even though they were in a form of a human being. Am I making sense? And he said, why don't you eat? And he got scared and he said, eat. Because they are in the form of a human, they still can't eat. The angels don't eat. And Ibrahim, why did he become scared when he pushed the food, food towards them? Why did he become scared? Because it was known at that time, if a person didn't eat your food, he saw you as an enemy. It was a war. It was a sign of a war. Are we all together? It was an alama that me and you are fighting. So that's why he became scared. And they said, قَالُوا لَا uh, They told him that he's going to have a child. So the angels, even though they come in the form of a human being, they still have some features of them that doesn't change. Such as not eating, not drinking, and not getting tired. They don't get tired. So anyways, he wasn't tired. Okay? He wasn't tired. He wasn't fatigued when he walked in. Not in any of that. Jibreel. And then what did he do? This is the most shocking thing. What is the most shocking thing that Umar pointed out here? If we stood over this hadith, in, this hadith, hadith Jibreel, for one month, we could do that. The benefits that are in just this one hadith. Hey, what happened? Hey, first, hey, first. So when he, when he said, "La yura alayhi athar al-safar, wa la yarifu minna ahadun hatta jalis ila Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam, fa asna darukbati ila rukbati." What else is shocking here for Umar and the other companions? 
there's something else that stuck out for them regarding this man. Hey, yeah? Hey, Elias. Elias, Elias. Elias. He was bold uh, enough to sit in front of the Prophet. Uh, hey, yeah? That's later. Before that, we never got to that point. The fact that he recognized the Prophet from everybody else. And this is something that the people used to struggle with. Nabiullah Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when the bay'ah of Bani, the people of Aus and Khazraj when they wanted to do bay'ah with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam they came running to the Prophet. They didn't know who he was. And so they all ran to Abu Bakr to give bay'ah to Abu Bakr until the sun came high into the sky and then Abu Bakr stood up he took his top garment and he shaded the Prophet. Everybody realized, oh, that's the Prophet. Are we all together, brothers? The Prophet didn't look unique from the companions. He sat with them. He was with them. He dressed like them. And this, Abdul Hayy al-Kittani, rahimahullah. Abdul Hayy al-Kittani has a kitab where he speaks about Tartibul Idari, how the Prophet governed Medina and his governorship in Medina. One of the things he said that the Prophet controlled Medina with is that he went through with the companions what they were going through. He didn't make himself unique and get himself a unique place and a unique sitting. He was one of his followers. And this gave them the love and the belief of the Prophet ﷺ even more. So they're shocked. This man, no one knows him. And he walked in and straight away he went to the Prophet. He knows the Prophet from everybody else. And the Prophet is sitting with the companions. He's not the Prophet is not sitting on somewhere high. He's not dressed in any way unique from everybody else. So this stood out for the companions. They were shocked. And then what did he do? فَأَسْنَدَ رُكْبَتَيْهِ إِلَى رُكْبَتَيْهِ by the way, Jibreel is now going to teach them of how to seek knowledge. The way to seek knowledge. How do you seek knowledge? This is the important thing. And this is very important. Jibreel is now coming as a student. And who's the teacher? Nabiullah Muhammad. Are we all together, brothers? Students, when you come to study, you don't sit at the back. What do you do? You come close. Some people, they come in early. And they sit, sit in the back. Sit, sit in the back. Unless there's a reason why, a medical reason that you sit at the back, the sunnah is to come forward and closest to the halaqa and fill the space at the front. Are we all together? He put his knees to the Prophet's knees. This is a mas'ala muhima, muhtamila. This is something that the scholars, they went back and forth on. Okay. He put his palms ala fakhidayhi, his thighs. Whose thigh? His thighs? His own thighs? Or the thighs of the Prophet? Sheikh Muhammad ibn Salih al-Uthaymeen he took the opinion he took the opinion that he put it on his own thighs 
If you look at the Sharah of Arba'un and Nawawiyah, Ibn Uthaymeen, he says that he put it his, on his own thighs. Are we all together? Lakin the, the qawl of Sheikh Ibn Uthaymeen is marjuh. Why? Because there's a hadith in Sunan al-Nasai. And Imam al-Nasai narrated, فَوَضَعَ كَفَّيْهِ عَلَى فَخِدَيْ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ Are we all together? That Jibreel put his hands, his palms, on the Prophet's thighs. On whose thighs? The Prophet's thighs. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And then what did he say? Ya Muhammad. Who? This is the last question I'm going to ask and I'm going to, and I'm going to stop here. The question I'm going to ask, he said, he said, Ya Muhammad. Allah says in the Quran, La taj'alu dua'a rasuli baynakum ka dua'i ba'dikum ba'da. Do not call the Prophet the way that you call one another. The Sahabas were prohibited from calling the Prophet Ya Muhammad. How did Jibreel call the Prophet Ya Muhammad? No, not you guys. Hey, Father. No, not you guys. Hey, Hamza. Sahih. The ayah came after. And this waqi'ah and this event was before that. After that, it was not allowed for anyone to call the Prophet Mujarrada. Because nowhere in the Quran did Allah ever call the Prophet by his name. All the other Prophets, Allah called them by their name. Ya Nuhu Jadaltana Fa'atina Bima Ya Isa, Aanta Kulta Ya Dawudu inna ja'annaka khalifatan fil ard. Ya Ibrahimu a'rid an hadha. All the prophets, Allah called them by their names. Ya Ibrahim, Ya Nuh, Ya Isa, Ya Musa. Lakin not Nabiullah Muhammad. Allah referred to him as what? Ya ayyuhal rasulu, Ya ayyuhal nabiyu, Ya ayyuhal muddathiru, Ya ayyuhal muzzammilu. Lakin Ya Muhammadu, do you see that in the Quran? right after the Prophet, then if Allah did not do that, no one else can, can do it for him. I'm going to do it to him. We'll stop there inshallah ta'ala and we will carry on uh, tomorrow, the Arba'un and Nawawiyah. Anything that I said that was wrong or incorrect is from me and Shaytan and Allah and his messenger are free from it. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik ashadu an la ilaha illallah astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayhi.